Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this is the month of June in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for coming by. Have you ever taken a good long look at these text messages that we receive yes. in the middle of the night? Well, half of them are like requests to a country station, aren't they? This one actually, well, because I think the it was, text... It used to be their number, right? I think that... The, the KUFO text number is the number that used to belong to this guy, Blair Garner, who does... Who replaced me in California. How the worm has turned, though, Tim. Yes. Seems that things have come full circle in this crazy industry. How so? Haven't they, Blair Garner? Who's laughing now, funny man? You may be up all night, but now I get to sleep like a human being, Blair. <laughs> Anywho... Well, continue, please. Don't let me interrupt you. Um, moving forward, so I'm looking at this uh, this text message that uh, came into the KUFO studios at, let's see, this would have been at uh, midnight 40s. It's been about 1240 in the morning. And it just says, quote, sexy female sex positions for a, for a porn photo shoot. I don't even know what that be. It's like a Borat thing. Sexy female sex positions for a porn photo shoot. Oh, so he's soliciting for actresses. Maybe, well, he's, Blair's going to branch out into something. You, just, uh, you can't make a living playing Bellamy Brothers records anymore. Well, in any event. It yeah, is well, the, he can uh, have it. I mean, there's nothing worse than staying up all night in, in Southern California. I mean, it could be anywhere. <laughs> then you got to sleep all day. What's the use of being there? You might as well be in Oklahoma City or something. <laughs> No point at all, Tim. All right. It is uh, Thursday. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101 if you would like to be uh, part of today's program. 503-228-4101. Now, if I could just find out uh, how to text Dr. Tony Grant, we, we'd all be up to speed. You replaced her. Yes, I did. No, but I think she replaced me somewhere else. I think Tony Grant replaced me when I worked in Spokane. She was scary. Look, she looked like she was porcelain sitting in front of a microphone. And then I'm, I'm trying to remember, did I replace Susan Powder when I, I think came? I it was Susan Powder before Dr. No, it was Susan Powder after Dr. Tony Grant. Whatever happened to Susan Powder? Is she, Sarah? She you grew got, hair. You remember Susan Powder? Oh, yeah. Like she was the kind of lesbian-looking lady. But in a kind of a hot sort of not... She was like the exercise lady with the short blonde. But in right? kind of a glossy sort of a way. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. she, it, she would brag about her perfect life every day when it didn't turn out to be that way. <laughs> That was not necessarily representative of the reality of Susan Powder's life. She lives in Seattle now. Does she? Mm -hmm. Here's the thing about it. I, she was kind of hot because she was butch in a, like in the most feminine way possible. And But I think it came out at one point that she had a lot of plastic surgery. We're talking about somebody that nobody even remembers. Right. Oh, I think, no, she's still pop culture relevant. Susan, well, so here's the thing about Susan Powder. Susan Powder has reached the point where she is a... Susan Powder is a Family Guy-esque uh, pop culture yes, reference yes at this point. Yes, yes, she is. I mean, there's there's being a pop culture reference in the sense that you're like Jenga, and then there's being a pop culture reference in the sense that you are 
Season powder? Nah, see, I was trying to think of another board game to sort of make it to make it equivalent. All right, hold on a second. There's Jenga, which is your mainstream board game reference. And then there is... Monster Mash? Hi-Ho Cherio. Oh. All right, there you go. What did you say? Monster Mash. <laughs> That's not a board game. Yes, it is. I have it. Well, There's a, a Monster Mash board game? Well, it's a, yeah, it's a game. All right, we have to get a hold of ourselves. All right. <laughs> All right, it's Thursday. We're here in uh, beautiful downtown Oregon. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101 if you'd like to text us or Blair Garner. Uh, it's uh, 52051, and I'll uh, I'll try to see if he gets the, uh, he gets the message. 52051. Have you seen, and I'm sure you have, the, the Lindsay Lohan photo? Oh, the topless one? Yeah, where she's got the blonde wig on? Yeah, she's weird. It's creepy looking. I mean, I didn't quite know what to expect when I woke up this morning and a bunch of people had sent it to my uh, to my email. And I guess I thought it would... I realize now the foolishness of this statement as I say it. I thought it would be hotter somehow. But I realize that that time has passed. No, she is dead. With she's just powder inside. It's not... She's full of powder she's and full nails. Of Susan powder. <laughs> she's just full of... Uh, she's just full of, uh, of, of just powder and crumpled up newspapers. Anyway... I guess the, the, the time where uh, Lindsay Lohan is going to be attractive, that uh, those days are uh, those days are in the rearview mirror. I thought it would be sexy somehow, and she's just got the weird, I guess it's a blonde wig, and then she's all emaciated, and she's mm. doing the, and I think she's, she's trying to do the Daryl Hannah in Splash thing, where she's covering up her lady bits in the front, uh, not the, you know, the, the, the upper parts anyway, with the hair, and she just looks like she's been, she just looks like she's been locked in a small box somewhere for six or seven weeks and hasn't been allowed any food. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'll uh, I'll put a link to it later, but it's just it's really yeah, I'm distinctly at it right unnerving. Now. She just yeah, no. she looks really sallow. Her cheeks are sunken in. She has dark circles. Yeah, it's uh no, it's not good. Uh, coming up later on the day, we will uh, talk about female nudity of a different stripe with uh, Mr. Skin from Mr. Skin. Dot com. Also, another pair of tickets to the U.S. Air Guitar uh, Championship and so forth. I dig your shirt. Is that like a Day of the Dead shirt that you're wearing? Oh, thanks. Yeah, it was actually a birthday present from uh, Lisa Wood. I like that quite a lot. It's a fine shirt. It is. It's, it's very fun. All right, let's see. Uh, well, let's do this. Let us pay a visit to the news desk with Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 5.07. We'll have a mostly sunny day today. Highs in the upper 70s. Listen to this. Former Multnomah County Assistant DA Randy Richardson has been convicted of stealing a dying woman's home. He and his accomplice Eric Penn have been found guilty of convincing Penn's terminally ill aunt to sign over her house for nothing. Margaret Patton had brain cancer, dementia, and also the side effects of morphine. The two guys tried to sell the house after she died, were unsuccessful, ended up renting it. Not only did Richardson and Penn steal the house, they also threw out a lifetime of the dead woman's belongings in less than a week. These two scoundrels could end up with long jail terms when sentenced. Well, this incident knocks Mayor Adams out of the spotlight for just a second. He claims his personal money problems won't affect his job performance. A police standoff in Southeast ends with a cop storming an empty house. This after a response to gunfire at a place on Southeast 82nd and Division around 4. They might as well just stay there. <laughs> they, they, they tried to contact the guy who they thought was holed up inside for four hours. Finally, they said, enough is enough. They lobbed tear gas inside and find nobody home. They, just, they couldn't qu- quite figure out why he wasn't responding to their entreaties. And it turns out there was nobody there. So 82nd and Division. Yes. That's where um, uh, Hung Far Low is now. That's uh, uh, she. That is the, is that the place that was downtown? Did they move the downtown location? They moved the downtown location. And then there's also, um, see, the community colleges there and uh, this little 
um, like Chinatown area. Okay, well, that's where the doctor is that I have to go to uh, today. So is it with the, I'm, go- I'm going to get my uh, shades of Tim Riley. I'm going to get my uh, one of my uh, feet looked at. Uh, and it is, I think, if that's at 82nd and Division, this is just sort of a stone's throw uh, from there. So... All right. Well, I will need both my feet. To I, uh, that's where I went to the dentist around that area. Well, none of the, where that, the the water was dripping in my eye for the light fixture or some like. Wait back. a minute. Did we go to the same? We didn't go to the same dentist though, because I talked about going to see that dentist in eighty second, and that's the guy. That's the dentist that had me back in the chair, and he uttered the classic phrase, because it, and he was doing that thing. It's like the Bill Cosby thing where he's asking me a question, but I can't because it, you know I got my you know my mouth is all numbed up, and then he's got a bunch of crap jammed down my throat, mm. and I'm there leaning back. And I'm just sort of, you know, wondering what all the clattering noise inside my uh, inside my mouth is. And the dentist, his first uh, his first language was not English. English was a uh, was a secondary or perhaps I ter- think it was the same one tertiary language. Because I had one dentist in there, I had to have a crown put on. They took the temporary off without numbing me up. And this <laughs> this will only take a moment. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting here in gut wrenching pain. <laughs> Without being given a shot. So I, and, and then on the way out, the, the receptionist has the nerve to ask me, would you like us to take out those four wisdom teeth? No, no. Take that off the list. That will never happen here. Anywhere. Get me out of here. In fact, you uh, you don't even need to sit back in the chair. Why don't you just hold on to this metal bar for a second and uh, just clench. All right. The, so, I, I think it's the same place. So I went there, and that is where he had me back in the chair, and he's jamming all this, uh, uh, all of these weird implements into my face. And he did that thing of going like, oh, you know, like there was something bad happening. And I kind of went, what? What's, what? What's going on? And he just said, oh, there's a whole lot of blood. And then that was like, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to shut my eyes. And we're all going to get through this together, I said, speaking to the many voices inside my head. We're all going to make it through today, and then we're never coming back here. And they tried to do the same thing to me. We're on the way out. She was uh, she was doing that jazz of writing at the little card that she was yeah. going to hand me that had the date of my next appointment. And that card, it was like one fluid motion from her hand to mine to the trash because I knew that I was never returning. It, well, anytime you go in there, it's always different people every time. Yeah. It's like, you know, the temp office of dentistry. I, I think they're recent graduates. Well, I am I'm going just down the street to have the other end of my body looked at today, so I'll be... Uh, well, make sure you count and make sure you have two feet on the way I, out. I think one of, my, uh, one of my feet jammed with something pointy this afternoon, so Uh-oh. that'll be awesome. Here's Tim Riley. I'm going back tomorrow. It could be the last time that I get burnt with acid, too. I think I'm all healed up. I really miss staggering around every weekend, if that's the case. Is that how you aim for happiness now? This will be the last day that I'm burned with acid. There's a better life somewhere. Uh, Here's Tim Riley. Uh, So did you hear about the the Fox News writer accused of dragging a cyclist through Central Park? Well, co-workers are afraid to be around him. His name is Don Broderick. Uh, There was an incident roughly 10 years ago in which Broderick was suspended for throwing a punch at a male co-worker. Then they learned of another newsroom blowout dating back to 2002 that resulted in another suspension and anger management classes. His Fox News uh, people say he's a creep and a bully. I guess it's a perfect place for him to work. He's crazy. People are frightened to turn their backs on him. The fact that he still works here is mind-boggling. <laughs> They're afraid to turn their backs on him. Yes. Why would you still employ somebody like this that? This is Fox News. But I mean, So he drags some bicyclists through Central Park. Uh, let's see here. He was suspended for five days with pay over another incident and took anger management classes. 
Another female Fox News employee complained about Broderick to Fox's Human Resources Department after another troubling incident when he allegedly threatened a PA. They weren't sure about the exact... Uh, and then he threatened to tear a PA's head off. And then they made three complaints about him. <laughs> His behavior is routinely tolerated by the militaristic macho culture of Fox News. You know, I've worked at radio stations where they fired people for rifling through the refrigerator and taking Lunchables that didn't belong to them. They're afraid to turn their backs on him, and he drags cyclists through the park. But, you know, he's a good earner, so uh, we'll keep him on. That's excellent. It is uh, Rock 101 KUFO. We have uh, more on the way uh, this hour. We have more from uh, Tim Riley as well as Mr. Skin, who will be coming up in the uh, 6 o'clock hour. Hold on. Sarah's head doing like a weird hand gesture to me. I what gave you the list of the songs. Oh, I no, the number. I've got it right here. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've got it right here. Are we going right to number three? Right here? This list in my hands? We are indeed. All right. Awesome. Uh Anyway, so uh, that's on the way. Mr. Skin uh, will uh, join us later on in the program. We have uh, a pair of tickets to today's uh, U.S. Air Guitar, or I'm sorry, a pair of tickets today to the uh, U.S. Air Guitar Championships, which are happening June 23rd uh, at Dante's. And more in the interim, ladies and gentlemen. And vo- I cannot talk right now. It's like, you know, it's like that dental story has just numbed up my mouth. Just talking about it. I've got a psychosomatic number. What's going to happen when they cut off your foot? Here's Cheap Trick. Emerson Show in mere moments, only on Rock 101 KUFO. And then as we were discussing the dentist in that first segment, I managed to bite my tongue. This is what we were speaking. It was, it was actually, as I said, here's Tim Riley, but inside my mouth it was like a, here's Tim Riley, right into the... Well, in any event, it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503 228 4101. Thank you for uh, joining us today. Bringing up the text message screen. This just in via text at 52051. Great show. I thought your show would suck, but it's great. There you go, sir. Managing expectations and over delivering. And uh, what do we do here? Coming up uh, at uh, 540, we will talk to senior radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Coming up at 640, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. This at the news desk is your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. So can everyone please help the authorities find these missing fireworks and return them? Two semis full of 4th of July fireworks have been stolen in Woodland, Washington. One of the semis has been recovered, but only a few pallets were found inside. So anyone finding the fireworks is asked to call the Cowlitz County Sheriff's Office so they can come and pick them up. Well, this doesn't look good so far, but we have to give them a chance. All all shows start off on a rocky pattern, and then things pick up. Conan O'Brien, the new host of The Tonight Show, seems to be losing viewers faster than David Letterman is losing his hair. But it's too early to panic, say the industry insiders. Although Jay Leno fans don't seem to like O'Brien like that matters and are switching channels at 1130, the young viewers, highly coveted by advertisers, are tuning in, say the network people, and they might make the dubious decision to replace Leno pay off. Executives at Rival Networks are agog when NBC took out ads proclaiming Conan O'Brien is the new king of late night. Leno consistently beat Letterman, but after launching on June 1st with 7.12 million viewers to Letterman's 2.77 million, O'Brien dropped every day, hitting a new low of 2.93 million on June 9th and was beaten by Letterman's 3.38 million. 
But this whole fiasco with Letterman probably helps him anyway. I was just going to say the uh, the former Jay Leno listeners are all out protesting in front of uh, in, in front of the Ed Sullivan Theater right now, screaming inanities to the. Do we have those for later on? I have you know, them for uh, later on, so be listening later. That's I, a that's a real tease. It's. It's unbelievable. I don't mean to just be dwelling on something that we don't have a chance to play at the moment, but I we'll get to these later in the show. Mm-hmm. I came in today. I thought that they were fabricated when I heard some of these quotes from people. Have you heard, Sarah, any of the quotes from the protesters? Not a one. Oh, it's unreal. I mean, I heard, I think. all that Sarah Palin crap again? Yeah. yeah I mean, why but would she go away? But, but, but the thing is, it's not even really about Sarah Palin not at this anymore. point. It's about people who need something to be angry about. And clearly, they're just not going to get anywhere uh, because Obama just seems so Teflon in every way that there's I think they've realized that there's just no traction to be had. Because what are you really going to complain about with Barack Obama at this point? I mean, there's a, I mean, whether you agree with him or not, there's just there's not a whole lot of adhesion to be had there because everything just rolls right off the guy. And so just, I mean, the the big news with Obama was Obama swats a fly. That is the biggest story going on in this country right now. Obama swats a fly. <laughs> Which was on the front page of Yahoo News last night. It was everywhere. It was the front page article everywhere of all the things going on in the world. Obama swats a fly. I like when it's news that he swatted a fly. It's not news that we've swatted 400,000 Iraqis over the last few years. That doesn't matter. They were against democracy. They had it coming to them. They were standing in the way of progress. <laughs> Uh, I forgot. Here's how quickly the news cycle unfolds and how fast things evolve. I totally forgot that we spent the better part of 12 hours yesterday talking about the fact that the president killed an insect. Yeah. Jesus, God almighty. Anyway, so I woke up this morning and I came in and I was sort of just scanning through all the news and just listening to, you know, just all of the different sound cuts of everything that came in. And I started hearing, you know, I was just listening to all of these different, um, all of these different sections of audio that the various news organizations had today. And I started hearing just what sounded like. It sounded like they were fake protesters from like one of those comedy services. Like they would, you know, like like it was sort of a um, a satiric depiction of what a protester outside the David Letterman studios would sound like. Mm-hmm. And then I, I looked into it and I realized with increasing and unfolding horror that they were, in fact, real people. So uh, in any event. But back to the uh, the Conan uh, uh, Letterman thing for a second. The deal with Conan is they're using a totally artificial standard for that. I remember what they did with the second season of South Park. The second season of South Park was they did this uh, this uh, six-month comparison with South Park where they took the beginning of the second season and then they took like halfway through the second season. And they were talking about how the ratings had fallen off like 60%. They said, well, you know, six months into the second season, the bloom appears to be off the South Park rose because they are only at 40% of their – and what nobody pointed out – was that the the uh, the first episode of that second season, the second season premiere, Trey Parker and Matt Stone had been simultaneously on the cover of Entertainment Weekly, Rolling Stone, Spin. They had been on the front of USA Today, and they'd done a huge media blitz. And plus, it was the second season. You know, it it was the first episode out of the out of the gate for the year, which is always the biggest thing. And so it was a completely bogus uh, the, the comparison where they took this artificial high watermark. And then compared it to something later on as sort of a, you know a way to say and look at this he appears to be tanking, which doesn't really seem to be doesn't really seem to be the case. It's just that I mean there was so much publicity and hype. Wouldn't you imagine that that first uh, the first week that Conan was on there was a whole bunch of people who were watching simply for the novelty value who were probably never going to stick around as viewers anyway. Mm-hmm. And you know and, and I mean not not that I don't prefer Letterman because I do. But it seems to be uh, seems to be a little bit of hype to be writing that guy off right now. It seems like they are trying to uh, trying to fabricate that story by just talking about it.
So getting back to flies that need to be swatted, here we have Pat Robertson uh, talking about uh, Pride Month and what he thinks about it. I'm a little sad to see this great nation of ours go the way that it is. We're going to have a month to celebrate gay, lesbian, transgender Pride Month. Somebody's proud of being transgender. Is this him drunk at home? You know, any this country is him that openly embraces homosexuality through the history of mankind has gone down into ruin. That's, that's history. That's the historical record. And whenever a nation embraces this so-called lifestyle, uh, it ends up in the garbage heap of history. Did you guys hear that thing he said about gay marriage and sex with ducks? I think you mentioned something that it was, was this the, uh, well, what's next? Are people going to be marrying waterfowl? No, seriously, he's just like, if, you know, if two men can marry, what's next? Are people going to start having sex with ducks? I, when can that start? It was, <laughs> I was actually, I was, was the most random thing. And then this, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't think you can really downplay the appeal of that though, Sarah. I, uh, I think just don't knock it till you try. I it. was really, I mean, why do you have to understate things like that? There could be a new club opening for it downtown. Here's the, the thing about uh, Pat Robertson though, is it doesn't sound like he's off his meds somehow. But, I mean, look, I mean, he's, and I don't mean in the sense that he's crazy. I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's clear. I mean, that's, that's a well established fact, I think, at this point. I mean, he's simply, usually, yeah, he's usually more well spoken crazy. It seemed, well, and it seems like he has a little uh, spring in his step most of the time. I wonder if the, this sounds like some sort of video blog that he might have done early in the morning. You know what he sounds like there? Pat Robertson in that. Where is he uh, speaking when he said it that? It doesn't say. He, I, he was probably on his show, I would imagine. I think it was, sounds like he was just sitting around at home with, with his, you know, in his boxer shorts and his stained undershirt, just sort of babbling into a webcam. <laughs> the, he sounds in that clip the way that, what's his name, Bernard Shaw sounded. There was this great moment uh, during the first Gulf War. When CNN was the only news network that were still there, and this is brilliantly depicted in the film uh, Live from Baghdad in the book of the same name, but CNN was the only news network that was still in Kuwait during Gulf War One, and they were on the air for something, I don't know, it was like 39 hours or something without a break, and they're being, you know, they're shelling the whole time, and there's missiles firing, and it's very stressful, but none of them can get any sleep. They don't have any food, they don't have anything, and they're just stuck in their hotel room broadcasting nonstop for like a day and a half. And there's this fantastic moment when everything is sort of winding down where Bernard Shaw, who at that point was, you know, one of the big three anchors there, along with Peter Arnett and um, guy number three, whose name I forget. And Bernard Shaw is at the end of this 36-hour broadcast live from Kuwait. And at one point, he just starts saying, and you there back in uh, Atlanta at the CNN Radio Center are probably enjoying a nice 12-seed bagel, maybe with a little cream cheese and turkey on it. And at that point, you just hear Peter Arnett come in and sort of like knock him out of the way and take the microphone. That's exactly what Pat Robertson sounds like there. Awesome. Uh, Here's Tim Riley at the uh, news desk. So getting back to that 18-year-old Belgian woman who's uh, accusing a tattoo artist of assault and battery. She hadn't charged him yesterday. Now it's assault and battery after he inked 56 blank stars of different sizes on her face while she slept. The woman claimed she only wanted a tattoo of three small stars. But the artist suggested more. He contends the woman was awake the entire time and agreed to the procedure. He said the woman only began to complain when her father saw the handiwork. The woman plans to have most of the tattoos removed with expensive laser treatments. And this was where? Belgium. This still doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. It's a country. All right. So, hey, Greg, do you have any tattoos? What is it? What is your tattoo? Where is it at? And what is it? uh, Of what is it? Is it of what? 
I don't know where they put the preposition in that sentence, frankly. Uh, I have a tattoo on my back. <laughs> What's what okay. is it? Is it some it kind of tribal sounds sun like somebody or something? just popped out of a trap door. Know, <laughs> it was just, I was it's just. Like, it's like, <laughs> thing opened up the box next I, to the telephone. I was just going to make the thing reference. Oh, you bastard. Get out of my head. You've got to quit doing that. That's I'm like the, sorry. We keep like them the, in a box. <laughs> that's like the fourth time this week that, that, that you have been inside my head <laughs> rummaging around for my thoughts. I didn't take anything I was valuable. Just picturing Greg's hand coming out of a box with the mail for us. That's crazy. You're going to have to do that every time. That's the greatest addition to the show ever. What the hell just happened there? It really, it was like you just came out of, you leaned out of the attic or something. Okay, somebody has to separate that. Good God almighty. You're like the gimp in Pulp Fiction. And now, Greg Nibbler. Oh, great, great. All right. My it, face hurts. Jesus God Almighty! I have no idea if that if that came across on the air the way it sounded here. Oh yes, it did. Greg is, is just so you understand the mental geography that we're dealing with here. Let me. He's uh, only like two feet away. That's the that's the thing, Greg. We are here in one room. Tim and Sarah and I are all in one room here. And sometimes you'll see you'll see radio shows occasionally where everybody is in a separate studio and they're all sort of hermetically sealed. And that is not the case here. We're uh, we're believers in togetherness in this one very carefully, narrowly defined area of our lives. So he has a great view of the back of my head, for the most part, where he's sitting, pretty and, much. You're right. So, so Tim and Sarah and I are all in here. And then, yeah, directly behind Tim, but in a separate room, is Greg. And the deal is, he had, for the past couple of weeks, he has had to walk out his room, down the hall, all the way through the hallway around another corner and into the studio it, just to say, like, hello to us or anything. <laughs> so now Matt Green is, uh, has, you know, taken care of the microphone situations. So Greg can just turn on the mic. But A, it's only in the left channel. It is only, So that if you're only hearing it in the left channel, like on your, in your radio, if you're listening on the headphones or something, and he's only on the left side, that is not your imagination. That's that's the way it actually is broadcasting. No, it, it's downsizing. We're starting with him. Is that how it is right now? <laughs> yeah. That's, no, yeah. We can, so? yeah, we can only afford for we can only afford to pay for half your audio feed, Greg. I'm sorry. I uh, the and then as we uh, as we introduced him just now, there was this sound like he had just popped out of the fruit cellar. Was that your mic? Was that the boom arm on your microphone or something? Yes, that is the boom arm. Can you just do that sound one more time? Just the mic. Let me see if I can. No, we'll never be able to do it. No, again. we'll never be able to replicate it. I now I'm gonna know. have to go back and isolate it and just use that as your introductory noise. We'll just loop it. Wow. <laughs> All right. So, Greg, what's your tattoo? It was like you were inside one of those one of those beds or something that folds up into the wall in a Manhattan walk-up. Oh, a Murphy bed? Yeah. All right. Well, in any event, uh, what is your tattoo and where is it located? Okay, I have a tattoo on my back. Ow. What? Okay, sorry. I, I was having a little audio problem here on this end. Um, I have a tattoo on my back. It's off the Bavarian crest. Where on your back? Like in the middle of your back? No, on my uh, upper right side. In the upper. So it's like where on is a, the like... Bavarian crest of the back? <laughs> no, it's the, but is it like on your like your right How shoulder blade? Uh, I don't know about yay big, probably. Are you from Bavaria? No, but the nibblers are. <laughs> are you okay? What is? But is this like the, the family that Bavaria. you murdered? Is took nibbler, their name? Is is nibbler a truncation of a longer name? No, that that really is it. Just N-I-B-L-E-R. So how yeah. are the so nibblers? Go to nibbler.com. It's this German website. It's like some German company. So how are the nibblers from there and you are not? 
what do you? Well, I mean, he thing. didn't move here from Bavaria. They but came to the New Bavaria, World. But his, right. uh, but his, okay, his, his people are from yes. Bavaria. All right. Anyway, so just we'll, we'll discuss this more later on of the, the tattooing girl because she was that was the two things that was all over the news yesterday. It was a girl with the fifty stars tattooed in her face, and then our president swatting a fly on television. I mean, really, honestly, that's it. It. I mean, it was sort of like the early days of uh, the early days of TV. Where they would just have a, you know, it would just be a stock photograph of like a plant or something. And that would be what was on NBC from like 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock every Thursday night because they couldn't afford to show anything else. It was just Barack Obama swatting a fly while being interviewed over and over and over again. But it's safe to say that you would not sleep through somebody tattooing something on your face. Because no. it hurts, like, a lot, right? Well, plus I wouldn't have anything tattooed on my face. But, isn't, but, but I mean... I mean, tattoos, are, they are painful. But isn't it the deal that, like, the... the yeah, when I was getting my wrists done, it felt like someone like taking a hot knife and just slicing them. Is it the is it that uh, that the closer the skin is to the bone or whatever? In other words, the less sort of the the less of a fatty area it is, that the more it hurts. I don't know. I think it depends on the person, but yeah, like a lot of people, like the thinner the skin, like under you know under the arm, or like on doing your, your knuckles would hurt a lot more than like tattooing your ass or something because it's because you know, right because it's all about. Probably. I've neither of those things done, so I don't know. All right, well, all right, we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to find somebody who can speak to this. All right, it's the uh, it's the Rick Emerson show. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley coming up next hour. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, and more. Stay there. It is the Rick Emerson show. This is Green Day. It's holiday. It's the Rick Emerson show on Rock 101 KUFO, live from Portland. Don't miss a moment of the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, it's a tongue. Where you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. Sex me. Listen online, live or via podcast at KUFO.com. This is the Rick Emerson Show, live from Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. So what is the name of this Christian Slater movie that I'm supposed to know? Bed of Roses. Tim, Bed of Roses? I guess so. Greg, Nibbler, Bed of Roses? No. Mm. I don't think that movie exists. I guess I am the only girl. Is it straight to DVD? No. No, it was in the theater. It has... um... And it was, remember. quote, starring Christian Slater. It Didn't we figure Christian out last Slater. week that he hadn't been in a movie in like 40 years? No, it was right around the time that Untamed Heart came out. And he uh, it, was, it was when his star was shining bright. And he was like worked at this flower shop. And he sees this lady who I can't remember the name of the actress. Is it Mary Stuart Masterson? Who's the... Um, you know I haven't seen the movie, right? Who's the um, mentally challenged girl in Benny and June? No, I, I don't. I don't remember Johnny actually. Depp and I, I remember her, but I don't remember her name. She's the short red hair, and her she's. I don't. She think was in Fried Green Tomatoes. That is Mary Stuart Masterson. Mary Stuart Masterson. Okay, so it's Christian Slater, Mary Stuart Masterson, and she goes through a tragedy, and he works for a flower shop, and so like he sees her crying in the window one day. Is that so, how they pitch it to the studio? So he sends her secret flowers. <laughs> she has Crohn's disease. It's the perfect and lifetime. He movie. works. He works in a bakery. <laughs> but then she's all awkward because she doesn't know how to love, and he's you know kind of creepy with his flower shop thing, and. Then they fall in love and uh-huh. they don't. Hey, I'm kind of threatening, but vaguely sexy. Let's, uh, <laughs> all right. And so. This... I own it. You're going to borrow it. You have to watch it. Why were we even talking about this movie? Why were you, <laughs> why were we discussing this, 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 the Christian Slater movie during the break? Oh, it's because of it. It's because of the, the, whatever trailer you were watching. Oh, yeah. So what is this? So, okay. This is back up. Yeah. So 
That movie is Bed of Roses with Christian Slater and Mary Stuart Masterson, which came out when? How long ago? So we're talking like 10, 12 years ago? Oh, yeah. It was. Has it been, at I least. remember watching it when I was like in seventh. I mean, if you're grade. referencing Benny in June, I, I think mean, it's like maybe 93. Okay, so that's 93. And so. I can't believe you haven't heard of Bed of Roses. I, don't, I, I think you're the only person in the room who's seen it. I don't think that's just because you're a chick. This sounds like it might have been a. Uh, this might have been a niche release. This might have. You know what? This might have been a sleeper hit. Uh, Sarah, this might have been a thing that was released only to your house. It wasn't. I swear, I remember seeing it in the theater. And so this is because you were watching some movie trailer uh, before the show today that you were noting is a ripoff of this Christian Slater film that nobody's actually yeah, ever heard of. Yeah, because it's so creepy because Jennifer Aniston is like in the flower shop and she's you know, like the free-spirited flower girl or now, whatever. Now, is this an upcoming film? It's an upcoming film called Love Happens with uh, Jennifer Aniston and Aaron Eckhart. I was okay, just it'll be a bomb if Jennifer Aniston's in it. <laughs> She she sort of has a reverse Midas touch on films these days. So go ahead and play just a segment of this. And here's the thing. Realize this. I'm actually on the opposite side of the control board here from Sarah, which means I can't see your computer. All I can, uh, I can, I can hear the audio, obviously, but I can't see the screen. So I don't know any of the visuals that go along uh, with this trailer. But I heard this one line... <laughs> And this one line tells you everything you need to know about this film. And I'm not saying like guy movies are any different. Clearly, if you're watching the movies that are that are made for just you know dudes who want to sit and you know watch other dudes still you know chase more dudes down a hallway and then they outrun a fireball and then they jump off the top of a building and then they land somewhere and then they run away and then a guy shoots another guy in the face. Those movies can all be boiled down to a couple sound bites as well. Usually, one of them is you know one of them is my God. That's one of the sound bites. Or the other one will be like, uh, you know, damn it, I'm not going to have you blow this case for me. Or uh, the third soundbite from guy movies will be, um, it'll be a lot of, uh, um, it's sort of a variation of that Danny Glover thing. The, uh, you know, the, uh, the I've got two days left to retirement kind of a thing. This, though, this one line of dialogue captures the entire essence of the film. Greg? I'm going to give you a quiz. We're going to play one line of dialogue from this, and this is a real movie. It's an upcoming film with Jennifer Aniston. I'm going to play this one line of dialogue. See if you can tell me what they are discussing here, and I will tell you that it is Martin Sheen speaking to Aaron Eckhart, who is the, uh, he's, uh, what's his name, Harvey Dent. Um, So this is Martin Sheen speaking to uh, his son, Aaron Eckhart. Please tell me what he is referring to. Sarah? When are you going to stop lying, son? have to give yourself permission to start living your life again right there that you have to give yourself permission to start living your life again what is he referring to okay so either the wife died or a divorce um i'm gonna i'm gonna guess one of those two things yeah you got it in one the dead wife dead wife okay yeah, there you go. yeah. and keep it i don't know anything else about the film but i heard that one line today and it was all it sprang from that in my head like an oak from an acorn and you know what and in bed of roses christian slater dead wife at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Hello again. It is 551. Going to be mostly sunny today. High temperatures will be in the upper 70s. Well, Scamps is the latest chain to declare bankruptcy. That's a pet store. All five Scamps in Oregon and Washington have closed. Really? Okay, so Scamps was at Lloyd, or was anyway, at Lloyd mm-hmm. Center. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about Scamps. Scamps 
Are they still there? They, I mean, they're they're going out of the company itself is going out of business. Yes, declare they they are closed. Uh, well, here's the thing: I don't mean to malign uh, that store, and I and I really don't. It sounds like I'm about when I say I don't mean to malign the store. Usually, that means that there's a store that I am about to malign in just the strongest and harshest terms. Well, they have come under fire for allegations for knowingly selling sick animals. In really? The past. Yeah. And that's is that, that was where, in 2008. Uh, see, and I, you know, who's to say? You know, pet stores are just so weird. Uh, you go into a pet store, and I can never tell. Most of the time, pet stores don't sell pets anymore. It will because they just sell accoutrement. That's the thing. You yeah. go because you'll go. You know, a lot of people will go to like a breeder or something. But then when they go to the pet store, the pet store is just all about the 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 lifestyle of pets. It's like you know, two thousand dollars for a mutt. Jesus, you know when I when we got Philo. On the way home from the shelter, we realized there was a couple things we hadn't purchased. So we went to, like, I don't know, it was one of those massive, I don't know if it was, like, the Petorium or something, but it was one of those huge Costco-size, uh, uh, you know, pet supply places. And it was just, it was unreal. You will never lose money selling stuff to pet people in this country. I mean, the, to dog people or cat people, that's it. I mean, and then there's some of the ancillary businesses, you know, the people who are really into fish or whatever. But that's, I mean, th- that is very much a, that's a narrow niche as opposed to a wide niche, which is cats and dogs. And just the staggering, overwhelming number of items that there were to choose from. I mean, which is, I guess, a thing that everybody else has probably been aware of for a long time. But, I mean, with Max, you know, he's a pretty low-maintenance dog. But we had to buy all of this uh, this stuff for Philo things that sort of caught us off guard. And, I mean, you could, I mean, we could have dropped three grand in that place. I mean, just buying sort of basic stuff for him. But, so the Scamps, which is a pet store, uh, I guess it was five locations. The only one I knew was the one at Lloyd Center. Here's the thing about that. It was sort of like this, it was like this weird fur-covered version of Movie Madness on Belmont, where everybody who worked there seemed to have a bunch of staples in their face and, a, you know, like, a tattoo of Andy Warhol on their forehead. It was like they had some uh, some strange set of criteria that you had to meet to work there. And the other thing is, every time you would go into that pet store, there would be a different person working the counter, but they just looked like a variation on the last person who was working there. And it was always this. It was either a really tall, really skinny, gangly, pasty-faced guy uh, who looked as though he was going to go home and burn himself with a waffle iron uh, while singing Morrissey songs, or it was a short, squat, like, butch-looking uh, sort of chastity bono type with jet black hair and, uh, and like, 19 rings through her lower lip. And then the next time you go back, it would be somebody totally different, but somebody who looked just like the last person. I never went there twice in a row and saw the same staff ever. That's like the McMinimins I go to. The wait staff looks like they're taking a break from rummaging through trash cans in some back alley somewhere. And you uh, do you actually work here? Or are you pretending to be a waiter? Are you, are you taking my order and never coming back with the food? Here's the other and great... They, they all say, see you next time. I go, no, you won't. You won't be here. You never are. The other great thing about that Scamps place is that it was sort of a... Uh, it was a bit of a self-regulating pet store because they had this huge tub full of rabbits and bunnies that they would leave out. And... That was the thing they encouraged children to play with because then you know because otherwise kids are like, hey mom, can I can I get that puppy out and play with it or whatever? And then it's a big drag for everybody because the puppies are like nine hundred dollars, and so you you know the, and let's just be honest, if you're spending a lot of time shopping at Lloyd Center, you don't have nine you don't have nine hundred dollars for the rent, so much less for for, for a small uh, creature you got to take care of. So the kid always wanted to play with the puppies, and the store got sick of it. So the the store just put out this huge, it was like this. Um, it was like this cast iron tub filled with rabbits that kids could play with. And they always said things like, these rabbits are really gentle. No, no, they were not. 
Because occasionally some grubby-faced youth would reach in there and grab one of those uh, rabbits a little too hard, and the next thing you know, one bleeding kid. And it was well, deep, I would imagine was... you have to be a little, uh, tough to survive the Lloyd Center on a day-to-day <laughs> basis as a rabbit. Yes. Uh, it is the Rick Everson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Everson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Yeah, I cleaned out the city. And you made this incredible arrangement of flowers for someone you've never even met? Marry him. Marry him now. One question. Why me? I like to take these walks one night. In case you you couldn't tell, this is Rock 101. (laughs) KUFO, the home of romantic comedy. So this is Mary Stuart Masterson and Christian Slater? Uh, Yes. So she's not retarded in this movie. <laughs> she's well, still out on that one. Just, just looking at the trailer now during the break, this she does seem a little special. She seems a little bit like she ought to be riding the bus with Rosie O'Donnell. I think I'm in love with her. I think I saw this movie. I think I had. I think there's some chick drag me to see this. She had a rough. She just. This would have been what 95, 96. 96. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. He's really changed a lot. After Catherine died. After, After Catherine, Catherine died. died. No, dead no. girlfriend, dead wife, dead wife. something? Why All right. Are you so afraid to be happy? Don't you think that he's worth the risk? It nope. sounded like... Don't you want to love again? Okay, this is like Total Eclipse of the Heart if you can't afford Total Eclipse of the Heart. Uh, I loved this song in high school. What song is this? I don't remember. It's Total Eclipse of the Heart, by the way. I don't know what they're calling it here. I don't know what this version of the song is titled. wondering who I am. Everybody's wondering that right now, Christian. Who are you? You're. Can I see some ID with this? But if you hurt her, I'll kill you. Okay. Isn't that okay? That's a retarded character, though. Whoever that is is retarded. Nobody is retarded in the movie. That sounded retarded, and I don't mean a little. I mean full retard. All right. Well, in any case. Was that Enya that was playing in the middle of it? That would totally date so. this as being a mid-90s film, by the way. And don't oh, get yeah. me wrong, I... Look. No, this is when he was still riding the crest of Untamed Heart, I was telling you. And it's not like I never owned an Enya record. I did. Let's have no illusions about that. I'm not going to pretend to be cooler than I am. Yes, I owned Watermark. All right. Or is that... Was that it? Was it Watermark? What was the one that I had the... I'm uh, like you, Rick. I never did own Enya. That's a lie. I've never owned an Enya You didn't record. own Shepherd Moon? Who are you, Sarah Dillon? I don't even know you anymore. Am I the only one here who ever owned an Enya record? Yes. Greg? I've heard Enya before. Oh, fine, a-holes. Whatever. You know, look, you did. Fine. You can... And not only can you name one record, you've named multiple Enya records. Front about not owning any Enya. Uh, you know, that, that's fine. If you're going to live in denial. I think my denial, dad might have an Enya record. You know what? Your mom owns Enya records. That doesn't make any sense. The last time I heard Enya, I was getting an MRI on my knee and had the headphones on and I could barely hear it. With the hum of the MRI machine. So I just, it was supposed to relax me. I just want you to relax. <laughs> Basically, that's it. Me and Mother are looking for cancer. Remember we had hydrotherapy, Rick? <laughs> I remember doing hydrotherapy. Hold on, I see a grapefruit-sized mask. That's an artist rendering. I don't know if it's actually like that. <laughs> I think it was just like that. That's what it sounded like. It's almost like I was there. I'm sorry, Sarah? Oh, I was just going to say, Enya reminds me of the colon cleansing thing, because remember they played Enya in that 
We should we should interview her just so you can tell her that to make you forget what's actually happening. You know, Miss Anya. Me relaxing. Every time I hear your music, it reminds me of having my colon irrigated, and I just want to say thank you for that. All right. Well, that's that's fantastic. And by the way, Anya seems like the the worst possible choice. For them to play while you're inside a huge metal tube that's rattling around and probably doped with something or other, because that's because that's the music you hear as you're floating down the tunnel toward the white light to be greeted by your relatives. <laughs> Can you turn this up a little? What? Can you turn this up a little? What? You're almost done. Only another nine hours. <laughs> Excellent. It is the Rick Everson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we have a CNN radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum, who will be joining us, as well as Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Oh, and I got to... Don't let me forget, I got to I got to talk about this thing that's on the front of the Oregonian today. This thing about uh, homeopathic remedies. And uh, these protesters from out front of the uh, David Letterman I thing who sound that. like they're made up. Here's Led Zeppelin. Don't miss a moment of The Rick Emerson Show. Hello, it's a tongue. Where you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. Sex me. Listen online, live or via podcast at KUFO.com. Whatever. I'm sorry. I don't believe you are sorry, Sarah Uh, It is the uh, Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. I know it's gold. I know. 503, just so nobody feels left out, even though you will anyway. Uh, I was just, uh, I was chastising Sarah. You're lamenting the fact that I have a lot of ridiculous things happening in my personal life. That's right. Well, here's the thing. Well, never mind. I'm not even going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I'll I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. Eventually, everything ends up as as grist for discussion one way or the other. Thanks, Rick. No, I mean in a good way. Uh, Oh, yes, because all these things always pan (laughs) out so well for me. So I'm just saying, you know, I'll just wait. I mean, that'll uh, that'll be something we can talk about at some point in the future. It all comes out in the wash. It's 503-228-4101. I'm not going to pry into your personal life on the air. That's fine. You want to talk about it? We don't have to talk about it. I'm just saying that is a thing that... Uh, that you're looking uh, forward to discussing at some point. I'm just saying some point in the future we'll we'll talk about that story we were just discussing. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it. I don't want to be like th- we're taunting the audience. With yes. it, so we'll talk about it at some other point. Okay. By the way, there's no movie called Gorilla Heart. I no, looked it, it wasn't. Up. No, I was looking at it. It was the Baboon Heart. <laughs> Gorilla Heart. What does it even mean? Is that like Braveheart, but like even braver? No, you don't understand because Christian Slater is very... Um, you know, edgy and he's mysterious because he has this giant scar on his chest and he doesn't know, um, you know, where it was from because he was adopted. And so his uh, wait, hold on, but they gave him, him but they gave him a baboon the heart. The story was that he got a baboon heart. Is that not really the story? We don't know. You watched a movie called Baboon Heart. Is no, this a romantic comedy? That was the working title. Then they changed it to Untamed Heart. Untamed baboon heart. Untamed. <laughs> is an untamed heart the thing with? Heart. <laughs> isn't that the thing with Nicolas Cage? No, that's Wild at Heart. Yeah, no, Untamed Heart has Marissa Tomei in it. How many movies has Christian Slater made, and why? Christian Slater's been in a million movies, and they were all, like, you know, during my adolescence. Oh, well, you know, well, that's totally what that is. That is a make-it-while-you-can, kid. Mm -hmm. There's some guy named Morty chomping on a cigar, going, Kid, this ride don't last forever. You need to sign the deal. That's totally what that's about. I own way too many Christian Slater movies. How many Christian Slater films do you own? Is it more than three? Yeah, I think I was looking at it the other day. I own, um, you know, Wait. I'll go to IMDb and I'll count Hold on, let have. me guess. And then we'll talk to Steve Castle. I'm like five You can have your own, your own film festival at the Hollywood Theater. You should do Christian. Sarah Dillon presents <laughs> the Christian Slater <laughs> Film Festival. <laughs> Hey, that's, that's a thing. Genius. You that's should, a great promotion. You should you totally listen, Susan? own that niche. Uh, we, we should totally own that. You do the, um, you do a film festival, but if somebody that like 
Not even that you don't care for, just somebody you don't really think about having a film festival for. You know what I mean? Mm. The Christian Slater Film Festival or like, Would how be about, kind of amazing. I was going to say the Woody Harrelson Film Festival. Because, I mean, you know, like, I don't dislike him, but I don't I don't really go out of my way to watch anything with Woody Harrelson. Yes, I'm going through. I'm looking at his movies. I own. Wait. Oh, I'm going to guess. Okay, guess them. Um, uh, well, okay. Uh, do you own Bed of Roses? Yes. Pomp of the Volume? Yes. Heathers? Yes. Mm, do you, This baboon gorilla thing? Yes, I own Untamed Harp. Uh, how many more? Uh, let's see. I'm looking at, I own The Wizard. I own uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, see, I was going to guess. I, I was just going to ask how many more uh, slots there. I was going to guess Sorry. Robin Hood, by the way. And there are three the more. The Wizard with Fred Savage? Oh, yeah. Whatever. All right. Let's Fred welcome. Savage and Jenny Lewis. Come on. Welcome now to the That's Rick an all-star show. show. From New York City. Seriously. Do they market it now with Rilo Kiley's Jenny Lewis? <laughs> she learns how to love and play video games. Hello, Steve Kastamam. How are you? Pretty good. Remember when they were comparing him to Jack Nicholson? Yes, yes. Uh, and by by uh, they, you mean me, and by when, you mean about ten minutes ago. Oh, was, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 because I was, I was making that observation that he, he, because I think everybody initially thought that was a put-on. That was, I remember the thing about Christian Slater is, I... I mean, I'm no, I know he was in stuff. Like, he, was, he wasn't in Gleaming the Cube, was he? Am he I, sure was in Gleaming he? the Cube that came out around the same time as Pump Up the Oh, Volume. God, why do I know that? Um, but I remember watching him in Heathers. Do you remember? Oh, I was going to say, do you remember? And Gleaming the Cube was way before Pump Up the Volume, by the way. Gleaming the Cube was because Gleaming the Cube was before Heathers, and Heathers was before Pump Up the Volume. Was Christian Slater also in Blind Date with Heather Graham? Mm, no, that's Bruce Willis. Wait, what? Stop and confuse with Christian Slater. <laughs> Um, well, in any event, just real quickly, here's the thing. I remember seeing uh, Christian Slater for the first time in Heather's. That was the first time I was really aware of him, anyway, as an actor. I mean, I'm sure I, I think I saw him in Gleaming the Cube. But, um, but, and what is the cube they're gleaming? All right, Gleaming hold the on. Cube came nope. after Heather's. Don't, nope, nobody, nobody, okay. nobody talk. I gotta write this down. Cube. Um, but watching um, uh, him and Heather's, and everybody was like, oh my God, have you seen that guy? He's in this movie, Heather's, and he does this Jack Nicholson thing. Where he said, I think the extreme always makes an impression, or whatever it is he says. And everybody thought it was just kind of like his, his shtick, or, and, you know, which is fine. Everybody starts out imitating somebody else. I mean, you listen to bands, or you listen to, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just like all, you know, you, you listen to all my early radio air checks, and I just sound like I'm imitating this guy named Dan. What was his name? Uh, Dan Murphy. Dan Murphy, that I grew up listening to. Um, Dan but, Murphy. But then he. But then he never grew out of it. That was the thing. It's like Slater just kept doing it. Like that was, it became clear that it was just some sort of un, it was an unfortunate quirk of nature that he sounds just like Jack Nicholson. Just like that, uh, that Joshua Cadison guy who sounded just like Elton John back in the mid nineties. And everybody thought he was just sort of ripping him off, like to, to get an easy hit single. And then the sad reality was it was this guy who just sounded exactly like Elton John and also played the piano and wrote songs. And you just—that was a road to uh, to nowhere. So as as it is with Christian Slater, apparently. So anyway, how's life, my friend? How are things? Doing well, doing well. Uh, following events in Iran very closely these days. And and I know there's, I mean, everything just sort of continues to to, to embroil itself there. So before we talk about uh, sort of the financial situation here and and uh, and where things are with Rick Emerson's money, I I really want to ask you about Iran. This is, I don't know a whole lot about uh, that situation. You and I talked about that Americans have kind of this thimble full of knowledge, and I'm, I'm certainly there, and I have less than that, actually. But there's this sort of assertion being thrown around, which isn't, like, totally out of the question, that America is, is either secretly or not so secretly funding all of this uprising that's going on over there. And, I, and I'm, I don't, I'm not asking you to say whether it's true or not, but, I mean that, but that's what a lot of people are saying, right, that we're sort of stirring the pot. 
Well, the Iranian government is uh, certainly saying that, uh, and the uh, Guardian Council and uh, members of the Guardian Council would, ha would have you think that that's the case, that this is all being stirred up by forces overseas. Uh, there, there certainly are a lot of uh, Iranian uh, expatriate groups here in the United States, especially in Los Angeles, but here in New York as well and in other areas, that uh, are very vocal in supporting the people who have been out demonstrating in Iran, and they're spreading the word. We were just uh, watching a piece on CNN TV with our reporter in Los Angeles at a uh, Iranian cable station in L.A. and how they're, you know, getting out the word and they're uh, taking in all these photos as they're coming in. You know, there's a demonstration taking place right now as we speak that began at mosques all across Tehran, and people were asked to wear black to create a sea of black as they marched toward uh, the center of the city in this major square. And uh, apparently uh, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people have gathered again today. So, so let me ask you this, uh, just to sort of boil things down for you. So there's the, there's the Ahmadinejad guy who says he won, and everybody kind of says it was, it was, it was rigged or not, not above board anyway. And the, so the guy... The, 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 the guy the the guy he was running against his opponent what is uh, what is his what is his story I mean because I just I have I have so little knowledge oh, about really, the way that government works it's really interesting uh, Musavi was definitely uh, a, a member of the the revolution in 1979 and, and the governments after that uh, he was a war hero uh, but then he sort of dropped out of politics for a while he and then came back uh, many many years later uh, and sort of became this opposition figure for a while, but, uh, and, and in this election, all hopes were pinned on him as, uh, as the individual with the best opportunity to uh, dethrone, in, in a way. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, he's not a king or a shah, but uh, to, to take down Ahmadinejad. And uh, the people rallied around him, and now his image is symbolic with uh, what some people are calling a, a, a move towards democracy in Iran. But uh, it's really, uh, if, you, if you look deep into this, it's, what, what's gotten people so upset is that they feel that their voices haven't been heard, that their votes haven't been counted. It isn't so much um, uh, a unified outcry for uh, a laxing of, of rules on society uh, or, or conservative rules on society. It's really, this has grown out of a belief that their votes literally were not counted. Yeah, well, you let them know that when democracy actually comes, that doesn't change, by the way. You just, uh, that FYI, confidential to them from, like, Florida, that, uh, <laughs> that, that remains an ongoing state of affairs. So if they're pinning this whole uh, democracy thing on the hope that all their votes will be counted, you let them know that's not really in the cards. So yeah. it, uh, it never is. Uh, hey, uh, so uh, real quickly, I don't really know what this phrase means, except the sort of generality in which it's spoken, where it says... If President Obama gets his way, the financial sector will have to change the way it does business. And there, and I know that you, they had you out sort of talking to these guys from banks who are, the story is that they're going to get, a, a, you know, a lot of more heavy-duty uh, regulations, which I sort of instinctively disbelieve just because that never seems to be the case. But, but it does seem like the, at least in the short term, the heavy hammer of government is going to have to come down on some of those guys. You know, I, I was talking to these bankers and traders on Wall Street yesterday, and, they, and one guy said to me, how do you regulate, regulate greed? How do you regulate emotions? Those are the two things that drive business on Wall Street. And no matter what regulations you put in place, some greedy individual is going to find a way around them or come up with a new scheme to make money that hasn't been thought of before. Well, that's, I mean, that's like the Bernie Madoff thing, right? I mean, there's, if there's billions to be made by taking it from somebody else, there, I sound like Joe Friday here, but I mean, there's two kinds of people, those who have it and those who want it. And they go, you know, the, those who want it, will, they'll, they'll find a way to, uh, to get it. So 
Yeah. Right. I mean, there are some very um, stiff new regulations that uh, Barack Obama is proposing here. Uh, one of them uh, involves, uh, you know, they, they packaged all these bad mortgages, and, and, and people didn't know what they were buying when they would buy these large group assets. Uh, well, now the, the, he, one of the things he wants is for the original uh, owner of, of these or the seller of, of these packaged uh, commodity, uh, packaged assets to actually maintain a 5% stake in them after they sell them so that they'll still have an interest in them performing well. Well, I... At, at this point, I think whatever's going to uh, keep me from in the long term having to like spend another $700 billion to fix things. Rick Emerson is preemptively in favor of that. You just let him know that I vote yes. Okay. All right, sir. On that note, have a fantastic day. We will speak with you soon. All righty. Take go. care. CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, Tim Riley. What stories are we working on on this Thursday? Why, they are vast and many. Thank you for asking. First of all, the bunny lady is at it again. Mm. Police are looking for a ninja who tried to rob an establishment on the east side. And a man is found stabbed and bleeding on a Kelso front porch. Are there ninjas wanted on the east side of Portland? Yes, there are. At least one. You know, you don't get ninjas in your neighborhood. We don't. No. You have peacocks. We have have ninjas. Where Mm -hmm. would you rather live? It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Straight ahead, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. We should tie this in. We should should make this one, uh, one big piece of discussion here. We should... Did Tim just pour coffee onto the countertop? Did you spill your coffee? Oh, he didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. I was going to try to tie the Mr. It's a a little water that uh, fell down a hole. I was I was going to try to try to tie the Mr. Skin segment into one of the movies we were just discussing. Asking if Christian Slater's ever been naked? No, no, no. I don't care about him. I was going to ask if if Mary Louise Parker had ever been naked. No, let's go with Christian Slater. I'll ask if Ryan Reynolds is naked in the upcoming uh, proposal. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. Broadcasting in ADHD. I've written a letter to Daddy. Gay hole. Yeah. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thanks so much. Hey, Rick, what song is this? Easy 101. Is this because did you, did you have this album? I didn't know. See, this is not. Uh, this you're is not, not old school. You're not yet? even picking the right Enya song. This is not her signature hit. Oh my god! I, it is. To what, the, is what is the song the called? The casual Enya fan, Sarah, would identify this as being uh, the song she is primarily known for. But that's not. Uh, that's not really the case. This here's why everybody. What's Enya's last name? This is Rabinowitz. Okay. I, I don't know. <laughs> I uh, no. She's like it's Gaelic or something, isn't it? Isn't she? I thought Enya was her last name. Ah, uh, see, I don't really know. I'm just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> but isn't it? What, 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 doesn't she have one of those weird names like Daryl Hannah's name and Splash, where it's like or something, you know? But I mean, it's like a bunch of like it's just a bunch of consonants all together with like with like a line through some of them. Maybe it's just Peg. How come she would have one with a bunch of lines and Peg consonants Enya. and the other one Enya? <laughs> Uh, that's that's great. Um, no, this is. I'm sorry, this, I didn't pick more old school Enya. No, now listen, you bastard. This, did you the, say during the break that you had not one, not two, but uh, three? I never said that. Enya, I yes, kind you of said did. that. I didn't. I at one point I had multiple Enya records. Um, it, here's the thing. This song, everybody knows this song because the, after 9/11 they used this in a lot of the, those, you know, like America must heal again sort of things. Um, you the, the, really the, we'll, get, we'll get back to this. The song that she made her name with, though, is not this. Oh, which we'll which one is that? This, we'll get back to it. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com, the online celebrity nudity database, our good friend, Mr. Skin. Good morning to you, sir. Hey, Rick. Hey, 
share, Tim. How's, how you guys doing? Fine, we are fantastic. You. Out of the gate, I want to ask you this. Has uh, Mary Louise Parker ever done nudity? Oh, my God. Do you ever see Weeds? Uh, see, and I know of that show, but I've never really watched it. Yeah, she also did a miniseries called Angels in America. Okay, another thing she, I've heard of but not seen. Where she went full frontal. Awesome. Yes, so the answer's a, a resounding yes for Fantastic. Mary Louise. Fantastic. What is up in the world of nudity, my friend? Sandra Bullock stars with Ryan Reynolds in The Proposal this weekend, and she's been talking in the press prior to this movie coming out that, you know, she's going to do her first nude scene, and it's so daring and all this. Well... Two things. Number one, it's PG-13. So my Skin Scouts reviewed the scene at a screening, and it is a very PG-13-ish. It, uh, mm. she, it's a lot of side stuff. Uh, maybe if we get the DVD, we can freeze frame some upper butt. But it's, it's very PG-13, nothing to get excited about. But she fails to mention that back in 1993, before she was famous, she did a movie called Fire on the Amazon where she has a very steamy sex scene in the Amazon jungle that uh, I think uh, Sandra Bullock fans would be very surprised to see. So um, I just caught her on, on two points there. I wanted to make uh, sure everyone knows it is a PG-13 movie, so don't get too excited. But go check out uh, her in Fire on the Amazon, a very popular page at our website ever since uh, I launched it about 10 years ago. Sarah, is there anything you would like to ask about the movie The Proposal? I love Ryan Reynolds. Is there, so is there any good nudity with him? You can't really well, see anything? You get some good Ryan Reynolds side nudity. I mean, it's PG-13 is the problem. You can't do too much uh, skin-wise in that. So you so get they side tried. Button. They tried the best they could. And and try, you know and still kept it PG thirteen. Oh, I'd rather have a Ryan Reynolds side butt than no butt. Okay, oh, that's, there you a, go. that's a fair thing. I, I would rather have none, but that's different. <laughs> uh, anyway, a uh, couple things. Uh, you know, it's Father's Day, uh, as you know, coming up this weekend, uh, Rick. And in honor of Father's Day, I want to point out uh, something that came across our desk. Uh, there's a TV show called Harper's Island on CBS, and. A girl named Katie Cassidy's a gorgeous uh, young actress on that show. Well, she did a movie a few years back, or a few months back, called Live with an exclamation point. And in it, there's a scene where she's topless dancing on a stripper pole. And what the significance of this is, is um, the movie's not out on DVD yet, but we were able to get some advanced picks. And her father is David Cassidy of the Partridge family, which is pretty cool. So in honor of Father's Day, uh, naked daughter of famous father, uh, come on, get happy, David Cassidy's daughter, Katie, um, in the movie Live. Uh, and you might know her from Harper's Island on TV. And uh, finally, I wanted to mention that you know, this True Blood on HBO, we've talked about it, great show, had a lot of incredible nudity in season one, and one of the surprising nude scenes was Anna Paquin, who's an Academy Award winning actress, right. and I really didn't think, I, I knew and heard there was going to be nudity in season one, I, I never dreamed that Anna Paquin would do some of the real solid nudity in that. Well, uh, that was season one, They uh, Sunday night launched... Uh, uh, the second season, and her sex scene with her boyfriend Vampire was better than anything they did in season one, and the nudity topped all the nude scenes, so they're off to a great start. In an interview, she's saying, uh, there's lots of sex and nudity this season, so Excellent. we're all excited. Well, that is good, because Sarah and I are both working our way through season one, Just so it's okay. good that right. I have something to look forward to. Excellent. All right, I didn't give away any plot other than to say great nudity from Anna yeah, Paxton. Plot schmott. Yeah, right, really. All right. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. As always, you're doing the Lord's work. We will All speak right, to you Take next care. week. There you go. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. That show is just ridiculous. I, got, I watched the first two episodes yesterday. It's terrible, but it's great. It is amazing yeah. and trashy yeah. and dirty. But and- Okay, did I lie, though? That sequence when she's in the diner 
and the door opens and there's like seriously and it's like you expect Enya again to begin playing ah, wait maybe this is the right Enya and the, the and the you know the freeze frame as he comes in and it's that thing where okay well closer you're you're closer the song you... I couldn't figure out whether or not I thought the vampire guy was hot or not I think no he's weird looking he's really weird looking but first he looked like super creepy like emaciated weird looking but now he's kind of hot every once in a while but doesn't it wasn't it almost like it's impossible to talk over this music, but I'll see if I can do it. You're walking through the door. Hallmark reminds you this Father's Day. Something, something, something. I was Wait, surprised what else at would, how porny it was. What else would... Enya? No, not Enya. Uh, True Blood. <laughs> Baby, there is no hot water in my apartment. I will have to shower here. This is like every Hallmark uh, the movie, but this is the tearful sequence where Meredith Baxter Bernie finds a lump. Be, you know, you're sort of like, and so, baby, I was in the shower and I found something suspicious. And then they go back, you know, again, back to the MRI. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, uh, it's Ebola. And then, and then it shows, but then it shows her like running through a field somewhere to, to the sound of Salisbury Hill as she's decided to make every day she has count. You know, it's not the days in your life. It's the life in your days. And then they would like, and then it would say, but Meredith Baxter Bernie is something or other. It's By the way, that's barefoot Ralph through the field. Hey, and that, that days in your life, life in your days thing, I just made that up just now. That's me. I just came up with that. Can we turn this off, please? And then she stares at the moon. <laughs> I'm sorry, I picked the improper Enya. <laughs> the song you're looking for is Orinoco Flow, by the way. Orinoco Flow? Who are you? I didn't... I feel like I'm, you're a stranger to me. I, it's... It, Orinoco Flow? You know what? I'm not going to tell you how to spell it now just because of that. Oh, oh gosh. Right. Please at, don't keep it from me. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. On this breaking news, North Korea plans to fire a missile toward Hawaii. We're going to have to do something about North Korea sooner or later. They're really getting on people's nerves. We could threaten them. We're going to bomb you back to the Stone Age. Oh, wait a minute. You already live there. Somebody noted that we could uh, we can just get rid of North Korea and we can uh, we can rename the country Cesar Chavez. That would be great. Makes everybody happy. The whole thing. So anyway, they're uh, planning on firing a missile toward Hawaii. Some of the experts say it would almost reach. What do you mean toward Hawaii? That's unnerving. Well, and they're going to do it the first week of July, which means they're going to fire it on the 4th of July. Oh, you know, sons of bitches. Somebody's asking to be nuked. Let's, can we just say it? But, I you mean, know, they, they, say it? he'd keep on living like a roach, eating his own hair. <laughs> what are you talking about? The leader of North Korea. What roach eats its own hair? What <laughs> kind of roaches do you have? We're talking about North Korean roaches. Well, they keep going. Their missiles. <laughs> yes. Their missiles can go. Well, they got to eat, Sarah. Roaches got to eat. <laughs> Their missiles can go 4,000 miles, predictably. It's probably much less. And Hawaii is 4,500 miles away. So they can't hit Hawaii. Try it. Try hitting Hawaii on the 4th of July. Are you really? This is a, you're, you're, This is sarcastically uh, asking them to try so that we can uh, respond with disproportionate force. Yes. Just try it. <laughs> I'm having this. Well, they, they wear the same clothes every day. Here's the thing is, I'm having this. In Hawaii? No, no, in uh, North Korea. That off-green costume. That I'm having this. I'm just, here's the, I'm having this picture in my head of like John Stossel or somebody on the news showing just this mushroom cloud where Hawaii used to be, and they go, Kim Jong Il says he took the uh, he took the the advanced step of striking Hawaii after this man, and then they show your <laughs> photograph. <laughs> Issued a stern taunt to the leader of North Korea, and then it's you going, "All right, you try it. Dare, I dare you to nuke uh, Hawaii." Right, well, there you go. So He's they're gonna probably be- bluffing. 
Well, the, I thought he was dead. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it, the, but he's not. Here's the thing about Kim Jong Il that freaks me out. And this he looks is, like some cruel biker chick with that haircut. <laughs> <laughs> He really does. <laughs> hey, there's a girl named Lucinda here. Uh, Kim Jong-il, your, your bike is ready. <laughs> just changed the oil. Don't threaten somebody else. So then I made him a bike. And then he came into the shop and he was on... I can't really do that guy's voice. That's the, uh, that's the, the, the what's his name, the American Chopper uh, guy or whatever. Mm. The Anyway, it, the, here's the thing about Kim Jong-il that freaks me out. Is I that... Mean, it, his heroes look like some 1950s housewife <laughs> when it's pulled back. Uh, it's communist chic, I guess. He wears the same clothes every day. He must smell horrible. Every day, same thing. I take kids to PTA meeting. Husband never show respect. I nuke everyone. Um, no, the, here's the, the, the thing about uh, Kim Jong-il. He freaks me out because he looks like he's dying. I thought he was dead. Oh, he'll never die. No, but see, see, that's not true. He'll die, but he's one of those guys that he's these guys. They all have the same idea where they're going to take everybody with them, and and sometimes people see that coming. And we've we've mentioned many times that, that all of Nixon's advisors had his like nuclear button disconnected, like he had a big red, you know, like now it's time to nuke the world. They, they, they disconnected that because I think they were afraid he would do it. Sort of a, you know, if Nixon can't be here, no one can be here. And then suddenly, pfft, one cinderized planet. Um, but Kim Jong-il, we didn't see him forever. And so I just figured, yeah, he was just, he was just dead and buried. But no, he's just, sort of, uh, he's just sort of withering away. So you sense he's one of those guys that wants to uh, have some sort of a lasting legacy, which is why he's lobbing missiles toward Hawaii, which is just insane. I mean, the fact that you would even, that we would even have that story that they want to launch a missile at, at Hawaii. Yeah. It seems like it's not real, Let me but ask, it is to him. Look, can I just ask you just theoretically, and I'm asking this only to, because I like to know things. It's just for mm -hmm. academic curiosity. I understand. Please ask. Why haven't we just nuked them? I'm not saying we should. I'm asking why. Here's the reason I ask. Look, look can I just can I just uh, point out that we've uh, recently invaded some countries that don't even have toasters, much less missiles? Right. We spent like $3 million attacking a country where they were literally, literally... Not figuratively, which is what people always confuse. Literally, guys on horseback attacking us. I right. mean, remember those photos from Afghanistan? Right, they, they cover themselves with dust to sleep every night. They don't even have blankets. <laughs> They're happy to have it. Why are you always hogging dust? Every time you turn over in the middle of night, you take dust with you. I'm cold. Well, the best thing to do is to get somebody else to do it. How but, about uh, the South Koreans? Wouldn't they like to have a whole Korea instead of a half of one? Let them nuke North Korea. They live there. Are you tired of are you tired of living with half a Korea? Seriously. So, I'm just saying we spent like three trillion dollars attacking a, the country where it's like the, the whole place doesn't. That, you know, and it was I, useless. I no. mean, it's like they I mean, they couldn't have they couldn't have built a gun out of out of sticks and weeds if we'd given them 15 years to work on it. And yet North Korea has actual missiles they could use, yes. and we don't seem to be concerned with going over and just wiping uh, uh, them out. It just doesn't make any sense. It seems inconsistent is my only point. No, I agree. Go look Go look for logic in the government. Why don't you and I get a plane and help the country out and we'll bomb it? <laughs> we'll get it done in about five minutes and we'll come back. That should we'll be play our... a best of show for the first couple hours. Then when we come back, we'll do a fresh show and tell people what we've done. <laughs> Could that be our big fall promotion? <laughs> it will be. Let's talk to Susan the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> you think legal will sign off on that one? We can oh, no. drop T-shirts out of the plane. We, just, we get big boxes of them in there.
<laughs> That'll be our big promotion for the fall book. Uh, and so let, we'll have a cluster meeting with it. Let's see. Couple is uh, couple is bringing Taylor Swift to town. They're, they're not really. I'm just saying theoretically. Don't go start calling couple and asking for tickets. Uh, the t- couple is bringing Taylor Swift to town, and they're going to be having the world's largest yard sale. Kink is going to be having uh, John Mayer back. He's going to be opening uh, Blues Fest. Over on KUFO, our news director, our news director and uh, the morning wacketeers, they're going to be bombing North Korea. Um, now, we've arranged for signage on the side of the plane, and we uh, we think we can get somebody to sponsor the pre-roll on the web feed of this bombing. Please have uh, King John Hill sign this release form <laughs> and fax it back as soon look, as possible. And look, you and your family can only be bombed once every 30 days. So, you know, if you come, and you got to have ID uh, for that as well. So, great. Thank you so much. All standard rules and regulations apply. And we'll just send that off to Deb, Deb Coleman or to <laughs> stamp it and send it. Back. All right. Well, look. As long as I mean, as long as they're not listeners. I mean, that's that's the thing. That's I don't really, think they have radios. Post intercom. That's kind of all they care about. As they long have as a you're truck not going around the loudspeaker like an ice cream truck, playing "It's a Small World" with King John Hill making his <laughs> daily pronouncements. You're living in paradise. You live in paradise. You live it here. You live me. We bomb Hawaii. <laughs> I love this show. All right. Uh, it's the, I don't even know what the hell we're doing. I'm sorry. Well, we never get to the ninja story. We have <laughs> David Letterman protesters and a, a whole stack of things that we didn't do today. <laughs> and somebody has named Sarah's Film Festival that she's going like to, she wants to be doing. Film Festival? Yeah, someone has named it. So coming up, I swear to Christ, we're not making this up. There are ninjas in, in East Portland. So we'll get to that. And I have a surprise for you after the break. Okay. And these uh, crazy uh, Letterman protesters who sound fabricated. It's the Rick Emerson Show. The Rick Emerson Show. Rock 101, KUFO. All right, see? Third time out of the game. You should have said that it's like the Sail Away song. It's not called Sail Away. Non-fans know it as Sail Away, Sarah. What do the fans know it as, Rick? Orinoco Flow. Orinoco Flow. Orinoco Flow. Wow, I inadvertently hit the post on that. I think I know the song better yeah, than I thought. I'm pretty sure that was inadvertent. You don't sit in your room being like... Yeah. This is the record. It's got the... If you get this Enya record, and I know you will right after that. Now that I've endorsed it, I know that everybody will uh, run to your local retailer to buy this album. This is the one on the front. I think it's like her with... Um, she's wearing like some weird like a red bullfighter's outfit or something, and then the rest of it's all like this taupe color. I'll skip this album and go buy a copy of Untamed Heart. Yeah. Yes. It wouldn't have said like an Elliptin Tea commercial or something. Sorry, I'm just asking the room something that nobody remember, has an answer to. I'm just too into the song to listen. <laughs> We're too moved. I, remember my, I have a friend, Tanea, um, that I went to high school with, and I remember she played this in her room. Um, I would stay the night over at her house, and it sounds like at one point it goes, Tanea. And she always thought that it said Tanea. Here's what I remember about this song. I remember uh, in high school, because this would have been like, what, 90, 89, something like that? Boy, this, you want to talk about just the, the, the entries 1 through 70 in stuff white people like. Enya, 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 also more Enya. I remember being in high school and thinking that this was... Groundbreaking? No. Well, everybody thought it was groundbreaking at the time. Looking back, I think we were all duped a little bit. But this is like, to tie it back to last hour, this is like that period in time when we all thought Christian Slater was a great actor. And then we... And then oh, it was... I still do. Christian Slater's an amazing actor. Uh-huh. 
This is going to be... Uh, I celebrate his entire catalog. Practicing your speech for your Christian Slater Film Festival, now which, you... by the way, is going to be called Onward Christian Slater. There I you like go. it. Bam. <laughs> the, no, but I remember at the time thinking that this music was the key to getting action from girls. Oh, it was all... Sad. She's like a poor person, like a poor lady's version of Sinead O'Connor. Less yes. talented. This, but I remember thinking, like, this is really all you need. All you needed is like how Spicoli just needed like a tasty wave and a cool oh, buzz. Here it, is. it sounds like the, she's saying Tanea. Right, listen. Please tell me your friend Tanea just got stoned and listened to this, thinking that Enya was she, talking to her. She might have been a little stoned. It's like she's speaking right to me, Sarah. Oh, it doesn't sound like it at all. She spent a lot of time staring <laughs> at the clouds too, looking for messages from Jesus. I remember thinking <laughs> that, that, that the whole key to, to like to, to seducing a lady in high school was just to have Enya to playing look in like the a background. Tool? <laughs> yes. Oh my god! If any guys are playing Enya for me, I would run. <laughs> but the key is, like, the, you what, couldn't not to buy Enya not, records. Now listen, you, you damn woman. Look, I didn't know hey, any did better. You get it was lot, Rick? it was the you shut up. It was the nineties. I had no idea. Throw on some cure disintegration if you want to like. Okay, see, I I eventually learned yes. that disintegration was the album to use, but I didn't. Look, if only you'd been there. Uh, you know, when I, of course you would have been like four, so you probably wouldn't <laughs> have been that much help. You know, just busy spinning up on yourself. I would have been pushing uh, my Wilson Phillips tapes on you. Seriously, uh, but the key is you couldn't uh, lean over during the makeout session and be like, "Baby, hold on, just wait. here. Hold, let me let me simulate this. Can you pause this?" It's too and it's too orchestrated. No, no, no. Just, just pause this for like. Oh, no, I thought you were talking to no, the invisible si- lady. <laughs> I'll, I'll simulate. I'll simulate what you can't do with the Enya. This is what this is what I thought was an unacceptable method for seduction. So, uh, so we're there. Uh, you know, in my. Uh, going to say my bedroom, but probably not even there. We're there in like the... Um, in your Pinto? <laughs> it wasn't a Pinto, it was a Maverick. Okay. <laughs> Electric blue. Um, you're there or like you're in the art supplies closet at the in the drama department or something. You're sort of there where they keep like the Krylon paint and the uh, and and the muslin. And um, so, you you know, and you'd have your uh, you'd have your boom box there with like, your 15 batteries. Yeah, no, oh. no, but it was, and it was always like purple or pink for some reason, and it would be sitting on the uh, on the art supply shelf, and you'd uh, you'd you know you'd have the girl like so, uh, let's go look for some costumes back in the uh, art art room. That'd be great, and then you're thinking you're gonna get you're gonna get the makeout, and so you when she's not looking, this is what you didn't want to do. The, the it was the it was the uneducated uh, uh, the, the lover who would say. And then, anyway, let me just, if I can, oh, I'm going to get a paintbrush. Hold on. And then she turns around and you just make extended eye contact. And then you're hoping that she's, and yeah, that's fantastic. You're hoping that she's wooed and not kicked out? <laughs> let me just take my pants off right here. And that never so let me really... get this straight. You locked me in a closet and, <laughs> and you're playing, like, creepy Enya music and staring at uh, me. You can't get away. I've sealed up the windows. Oh, maybe get the shovel. The, the, so, but what I did do on more than one occasion is. <laughs> <laughs> we can't not talk about this without Enya playing. Plus, it doesn't get. Enya's like something everyone can agree on. Here's the. But see, the, I think it might just be me, actually, because I'm the only person here that's ever owned anything by Enya, and it was just for the purposes of wooing ladies, which didn't work out all that well. But I remember on more than one occasion, speaking of creepy things that guys do that they see in romantic comedies, 
I remember I would kind of go over to like uh, the chick's house, and if like her sister was home, or like uh, you know, not usually the parents, because the parents didn't typically care for me. But if there was if there was somebody else in the house, like if there was a grandmother or something that lived there, mm-hmm. I would be like, uh, so I just need to uh, drop off some schoolwork for Cindy. If you could let me in, that'd be great. And then we do this whole thing of creating the Enya tape and then like like burning a single candle. And then I would just have it and I would sit there for like four hours waiting for her to come home just so I could like she'd open the door and like there I am. And in red, I, even I'm creeping me out no, now. You are creepy. Because she comes home and like there's Rick in like in burning a candle. Sitting uh, sitting in her bedroom with the lights off, burning a candle playing Enya in the background. And you managed to escape half the ninety nine cent sticker off the candle. <laughs> I like, you know, sometimes romantic movies can lead guys astray, but sometimes it gives them creative ideas. But see, that's not true. There's nothing, there's, you, ever no, 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 you're wrong about this, because it, here's why I know, because I was, it's like that, the, the quintessential one, and you mentioned the boombox over the head, that's uh-huh. a thing that only works in a movie. There's no, the, you would, if a guy did that to you, well, I mean, you, I mean, that's a bad example, because now he well, would be, re- he would be aping to say anything from, but I'm saying... That is the only thing you can think of from a romantic movie that would not be creepy in real life. And let's and, and no. leaving aside the, the fact that he would be referencing a movie, I'm saying it in some it alternate universe where that wasn't in a movie. If a guy was outside your window holding up a boombox and he's playing whatever song, if he's playing Meatloaf, yeah. um, that might actually work if it if it hadn't already been done in a film. But everything else like that, like here's the here's a quintessential example of something from a romantic, uh, the comedy that would not work in real life. Hmm. It's like that thing, and I'm dating myself a little here, but it's like that thing in Parenthood when Rick Moranis shows up in what's her name's classroom. Oh, and sings, um, sings why did birds the carpenters? Yeah. And meanwhile, it's like you know, there's the, the HR guy coming in to fire her for you know, for dealing for dealing with her marital problems in front of children. Well, see, I think the fine line between creepy and you know hot is whether or not like what kind of you know person the person is that's doing it like i kind of had a uh, oh god i don't know if i should talk about this okay i should probably talk about this i kind of had a weird um situation last week where the perhaps might be out of like a uh, romantic comedy kind of thing where uh some kind of dating this guy or we're hanging out or whatever and wait a minute you can't gloss over this hold on where's my i got to pull up my chair okay all right hold on a second. so this is wait do i know who this person this is, is? A, this is the hipster guy all right, hold on. I'm going to make a flow chart here. So we're just hanging out. We've been hanging debate. out for a few weeks. No, 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 no. You, no, no, no. You're doing that thing again. You're doing that thing that Tom Likas won't allow, where it's like, again, one thing led to another. No, we just, that's all we, like, we'll just. I have to make notes first, though. Okay. All right, this is the hipster guy. Yes. All right. Does he have facial hair, or am I just thinking that he does, because that's what he seems like? I've met him several times, and I actually, don't take this the wrong way, I can't remember what he looks like. I don't think. I think in my head I have an artist rendering of a hipster guy. He's kind of scruffy, and that, but and he looks like he ought to be wearing like a lot of corduroy. He doesn't wear corduroy, but but you see, it seems like he ought to be wearing a corduroy jacket of some kind, and like talking about like a like a Wilco album uh, that like everybody needs to know about. He does do that, but it wouldn't be Wilco at this point because they're passe. It would be like a side project by the Wilco guy. Yes, I'm sorry, I sound like a dick. I don't you mean do. to. Uh, all right, <laughs> I'm sure he's a fine person. He is. No, he's a, he's a very nice young lad. Uh huh. All right, so hipster guy. Yes. Wait, are you dating him? Um, we're hanging. We hang out like we go out for drinks and stuff. And um, are these romantic drinks? No, we play ping pong and badminton and go swimming and just hang out. Is this at the strippers pool? At the stripper pool, yes. It doesn't get more romantic than. All right, so you've been spending time with the hipster guy. (laughs) Yes, I'm spending time with him. So last week, um, you know, since our early morning schedule makes you know we go to bed a little bit earlier than other people, um. 
so I had gone to bed and I had missed a phone call from him because we were maybe going to be hanging out. And uh, so, what but, time had you gone to bed? Uh, like ten thirty. Okay, so you went to bed at ten thirty. He called when? He called like at ten forty-five. And did he wake you up? He didn't wake me up. Okay, my phone so you was on all right. So you slept through. So you missed his call. So um, yes. Yeah, so perhaps you know he stayed on my couch a couple times. I don't know what we're talking about. You're no, giving no. me that look like you're speaking in code. No, I'm saying like to where I don't want this to sound creepy because it's not creepy. So anyway, so he's he stayed at my house before. It is creepy. I can already tell because <laughs> you said creepy. like five times that it's not creepy. No, it's not creepy. Um, so we were talking about, you know, like things that people do in movies. So maybe I woke up at one thirty in the this morning. This isn't a maybe. What you're about to say is not maybe. It's this not is a, a thing that actually happened. Okay, so this is last week and I woke up in the middle of the night to hear someone go, Sarah, Sarah, it's hipster. He's like, I just broke into your house. I'm like, what? And I was half asleep because it was one thirty in the morning, you know, and uh, he was standing I don't understand. in my room. He was in your room? He was in my room. He had, he'd broken into my house. And I'm just like, what? I'm like, did I leave my back porch unlocked? I'm like, I don't understand. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, no. No, your house is just that easy to get into. Like, no, no. I broke into your house. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, I got in through. And, I, and then he told me how he got through. Got it in, and I'm just like, are you sure? And I went and looked, and what sure day enough. was this? Last Wednesday. Wait a minute. So he, so let me just let's. You should play Enya. It, 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 you know, at the, the crucial moment in the story. We'll see how it sounds. <laughs> Sometimes I just break into your room and I stare at you while you sleep. But I, see, that's the thing is, it wasn't creepy. It was just kind of. It wasn't creepy at all. It was the hot kind of breaking and entering. He's younger than me, and he's just like, um, I don't oh, know. That's, just... cause that's always a roadmap. That's always a roadmap to safety. Ted Bundy was younger than people. It just seemed kind of like silly. He wasn't all rapey or anything. It was just like, hey. <laughs> it was only quasi-rapey. No, he's just like, hey, what's going on? Hey, uh, this isn't a rape thing happening uh, here. Is it? No, no, baby. I just, uh, I have a book full of charcoal sketches that I make of your face while you slumber unaware. You just go back to sleep. It now. was kind of crazy because I. Because my lights in my um, like living room were on, so I couldn't really see him. Like it was a silhouette of a person. And also, it's a felony. I mean, I'm just, I, I mean, I'm just, I don't, I don't mean to dwell on details. Wait, so you wake? Okay, so I've been in your place. So you wake up, and your bed is still in the same place it was, yes. right? That's your bedroom. Yeah. So you wake up because you have those the, double you're... doors that open into the living room. Yeah. So, so where is he standing? He's standing between. Please the tell me he's standing at the foot of your bed, staring at you. <laughs> no, he was standing. Um, like, next to my bed between the double doors and my bed. And he was standing there, and I could see a silhouette, because he's kind of tall. So I could see a silhouette of a person. Was this... A, are you a vampire slayer in your alternate uh, in your alternate life, and you haven't told us about all this? Was this after a long night at the Brass, when he kissed you in an alley and your cross burned into his chest? No, it was surreal. I thought I was dreaming, and I'm like, I'm like hipster, what And then you? I heard the duct tape, and it became clear <laughs> that it was all too real. I'm kind of like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I, you know, I just broke into your house. I'm like... By the way, your paring knives are all too dull. So, so we went outside and uh, smoked a cigarette. Wait a minute, but you went on but his did you, way. But did you? But, but I mean, how did he break? Did he break the? the, the when you no, say he, he broke off, in, how did he break into he your house? He got in through one of my windows. Okay, but I mean, okay, but a window is glass. That's solid. That's. I mean, he didn't. You didn't leave it. Was it unlocked? It was unlocked, but he did take off the screen. <laughs> Let me understand this. So you go to bed at 10.30. I thought it was kind of He cute. calls at 10. I'm not passing judgment. I'm I passing know. a little bit of judgment. <laughs> I'm not totally passing judgment. You go to bed at 10.30. He calls at 10.45. You miss his call. And his response is, because there's, there's a, a, I will call her tomorrow. B, I will leave a charming note on the front door. C, 
I will perhaps be hanging out at a coffee shop that I know she fancies early in the morning, and I will buy her a latte. And I will have them make that little thing on the top that looks like a leaf, but it's done in cream and cinnamon. D. I will remove the screen from her window and climb into her apartment late at night under the cover of darkness. In what is... Not like a a completely crime-infested part of town, but isn't like Tim's neighborhood. I mean, was he worried? Wouldn't you have been worried at some point that, like, I I think he would have been worried that somebody was going to call the cops, first of all. What if he had woken up and there'd just been red and blue lights on your your bedroom wall and you couldn't figure out why and he looked at it and he was just being... Like, what if it had not ended with him? Because I do have a bunch of neighbors. What if you had woken up and he was just being put in the back of a squad car outside your window? Would it have been so romantic then? The window that he had to get into is kind of difficult to get into, and and people would be able to see him. Is this a window that you can access without a ladder? Yes, but not easily. How did he get in the window? He's he's quite spry, this one. (laughs) He's... All right. What did you say when he when you woke up and he was standing by was the side confused. of your bed? I was confused. I was like, what are you? I thought that I actually said, I'm like, am I dreaming? I'm like, this is a weird dream. He's like, no, no, I'm here. I'm like, did I leave my back door unlocked? He's like, no, no, no. I came in through the window. I'm like, okay. I'm like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, you know, I just <laughs> left the bar. I was with a bunch of my friends. I was just drunk. And so I thought I'd see if there were any unlocked openings to your apartment late no, at night. No, the thing is like. Yeah, it wasn't even really. You still have all that silver in that drawer in the kitchen? That's great. No, no reason. I was just curious. Because we live in different neighborhoods. He's Uh like, so I was just in your neighborhood, so I decided to swing by and see if you were still awake. Does he do this with a lot of chicks? Does this is like his thing? He likes to break in windows late at night. It's not my problem. Sexy time. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Did he stay? No, he didn't. He didn't get any sexy time. I didn't ask if he. Well, no, no, no. I was just asking if you made him leave. No, no. He he went on his merry way, and we just went outside and like listened to like music for about fifteen minutes. I'm like, okay, well, you know. Got to get up for work in like an hour. So I have a whole. You got to go. I have a series of other windows I have to break into uh, downtown. It's kind of a thing of mine. Yeah, so exactly. why don't you so go back to sleep? Who knows whose houses he hit up on the way home? It wasn't uh, honestly though, because he's just kind of a silly person by nature. Like it didn't, it didn't weird me out at all. It's just like, oh, that's hipster. So, so it's not creepy to you because it's that guy. Yeah, it's not creepy because then I also know like the our relationship. It's always just been. All right, on a scale of one to five, and don't lie. You have to be honest about this. On a scale of one to five, because I've got my own answer. Wait. Okay. On a scale of one to five. How do I put this? On a scale of one to five, whether this is a thing you would typically uh, say out loud or not, how hot do you find it that you woke up and he had broken into your apartment and was standing over your bed? Something might be broken in me, but I thought it was pretty freaking hot. Like one to one to five, though. Five being the hottest. Yeah. Hmm. I would. I put it at a five. Honestly. <laughs> honestly, it was impressive. I'm like, if anyone's gonna go through this much work to just come in and say hi and be like, oh well, I didn't get to see you for the past couple of days, so I just wanted to come in and say hello. Well, all right then. Just, Are we really I, talking over this this Enya bed the yeah, entire time? We have we've to been talking forever. Off. Okay. Why are we Why are we talking about a guy breaking into your apartment? Know. Oh yeah, because I, I couldn't get laid in high school and I had to switch to the Cure. Yes. All right. So, what were your thoughts on it? I, I, I don't even. I have no. I really have no. I really have no idea. Where did this start? Oh, we were talking about romantic comedies. I don't think that's from a romantic comedy, though. I think that's typically from a movie like The Bone Collector. No, it's like <laughs> it's like from Twilight. But that's how the scene ends. It's like the scene ends with the girl going, 
And she looks up, but you don't ever see what she's looking at. And then they cut to Denzel no, Washington. No, he wasn't like creepy lurkery hovering. He was just like, hey, I'm not. No, no, no. <laughs> let's, be, let's be very clear about this. I'm not saying he's a creepy guy. I mean, now, I, I don't know him all that well. I met him like once or twice maybe. He was at the zombie prom, right? Yeah. He was there. Okay. In the, I think you met him at the... I met him somewhere. The I, signing I mean, yeah, of the, uh, yeah, Mr. Science Theaters. Yeah, I mean, I've talked to him a couple of times. I mean, I just, he, he seems like a nice enough guy. Although, didn't he, doesn't he have the thing where he favors, like, uh, low-cut shirts that kind of show off his chest? He kind of likes the V-neck shirts. All right. Yeah. Well, I have my own thoughts about that, but I, uh, I'm i not really his target demo, so, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, it seems like a nice enough guy. I just, I think, here's the thing. I think you've managed to tell me something that I've never heard before. Because, I've never you know, heard you, of it happening to, it was... Surreal. Because you do, I mean, you know, you do radio, especially like talk radio or something for a long time, and you hear, I mean, you kind of hear every story that could, you hear every variation on everything that could ever happen to anybody, especially in terms of relationships. But I think you are actually the first person I know that's woken. I mean, you've had a guy standing in your apartment, hovering over your bed because he, because he broke in a window. Because he just wanted to say hi. Because I just wanted to come by and say hi, baby. Which I have to say is sort of hot. Like in a, here's because here's the thing, and then we, we're the, the way behind. We've got a break here, but I, and we should do an insta poll when we come back. So don't you probably don't call yet. You come back, we'll do an insta poll. The and I, I don't want to call it hot or not, but I've got no other way to describe it. And I, my brain is. Tiny. It has to be hot or not. So, but here's my my final thought on this. We got a break, and we'll come back. We'll talk uh, about this. Being a guy, I'm just doing the thing of switching. Like, I'm making it me, you know, in that scenario, and it, I wake up and there's, like, some hot girl mm-hmm. standing by the side of the bed, except she's uh, holding a nightgown and she's twitching a knife and kind of cutting herself a little bit. Ew. And uh, she says, uh, well, I just wanted to see you, so I thought I'd break in. Which is kind of hot. I mean, and freaky, but mostly hot. Mm-hmm. All right, we should uh, do this. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We come back. We'll uh, we'll talk more about it. We'll do an Instapol. Eat it. <laughs> Thank you. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in standard definition. If you don't have a place where you can hold these people, you only have other options to kill them. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Alright. Have you looked at the uh, the text messages? No, not yet. I okay. was just looking at my email. Well, don't, I'll, uh, I'll read them here in just a moment. That's awesome. All right, what do your uh, what do your chick friends say? So, I, who have you told friends... about this other than me? I mean, you don't have to give me names, but I mean, who? What type of people have you told this I've about the guy to... breaking into your house? Most of my, um, well, everyone knows because he's not, um, because hipster guy isn't just like he isn't ashamed of it. He's not like, oh, you know, I'm so dirty for breaking into your house. It's funny. It's something that we've all laughed about. So probably about <laughs> <laughs> like. Probably like 10 of my friends, and it's exactly... You remember that time I committed a Class B felony? <laughs> Those are good days. So how did you tell... Did you tell your uh, like your female friends, did you tell them the story the way you That's exactly just told how us, I told it. I was just like... just woke up in the middle of the night, and he had broken in and was standing and next to like, your Sarah, bed? Sarah, it's... And insert his name. He's like, Sarah, it's so-and-so. He's like, I just broke into your house. I'm like, what? We should come up with a name for him. Let's call him... Um, let's call him Paul. Okay. All right. So you woke up. So you wake up, and Paul has broken into your apartment and is standing. Yes, he's by, like Sarah. Is Sarah he, it's was Paul. he was he silhouetted? Was he backlit he was by the kitchen light? See, and you know he has kind of like shaggyish hair, so I could yeah. see like light, you know, behind his hair. So it's like looks like a crazy person's hair. And I'm just like Paul. I'm like what? What are you doing here? And I was so delirious because it's in the middle of the night. You know, uh-huh. I'm like totally in my REM cycle. And um, 
And yeah, and he's just like saying, there's like, oh, it's me. And I turned on my light and he's just standing there like, hey. So I couldn't wait on? till tomorrow morning to see. I like I'm giving him like a hillbilly strangler voice. Um, what did you, but what did your uh, chick friends think? So it's exactly divided. No, I think, no, I had told, I think 12 people, but I didn't tell like everyone I knew just kind of pulled You're it. such a girl. I'm not going to tell anybody, baby. Well, I told 12 people. No, so I've been pulling it and it's exactly divided. Exactly. Between divided. hot and creepy. Between hot and creepy. Even anybody... the, but even the creepies are like, they, you know, they know Paul and they're like, Paul isn't creepy, but the action is creepy. But I mean, so it's half creepy, half hot. Do any of them go for the creepy hot? Yes. Cause that's, see, that's my thing. It's like, I, uh, see, I'm doing that thing of, 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 of holding something back, which means I should probably just say it. I, I will say this, and and uh, so I apologize in adv- I apologize in advance, Sarah, for uh, for how this sounds. It, only because, only because this is just this is just an observation. This is something that occurred to me, and I will be vague. I will say. I do see the hot thing. I really do. Because, again, and I think the dudes in the house uh, are with me when I say that if you woke up and some girl that you knew but didn't know that well but was hot had broken into your place and was standing by your bed in the middle. Well, of course, if you're a dude, you're thinking that because that's going to end with, you know, that's going to. The sex that's Yes, that's going to end. That's going to end with. Uh, yes, with the uh, with the uh, the biblical conclusion of, of that scene. Um so that's but guys all think that's hot, but that's because guys think crazy is hot. Mm-hmm. And so for guys, it's different because it's all filtered through the prism of like, is she nuts? Because if so, then, hey, hey, sex is on, as Eddie Izzard uh, would say. I will say that the idea that he couldn't get a hold of you on the phone. And so then he like an hour or so later just had busted into your place. How did he wake you up? Did he just say your name? Yeah, he was just like, Sarah, Sarah. Did you think it was a dream? I that's what I did. I thought I was dreaming. Now this dream is being paged at an airport. My room was pitch black, and then I hear the Sarah, Sarah. It's Paul. It's Paul. Did you for a minute? And I'm just you, like, I'm like Paul. What are you doing here? And he's just like, I broke into your house. I could, <laughs> did you so wonder logically. for a minute if you had asked him? Like, did you did, were you wondering if you had maybe forgotten uh, that you invited him over? You sleep texted him that's, or something? Yeah, that's exactly that's what I thought at first. I'm like, wait. But I'm like, I'm like, I had a mellow night and I went to bed early. I'm like, what is he doing here? I just the only observation I'm going to make about this, and I'm not, I'm not saying, uh, I'm not making a direct comparison. I'm really not. I am just saying that this, the couldn't get a hold of you, and so decided to like kick in your window or whatever and stand over you while you slept, and then wake you he up. Didn't stand over. He was, he was actually like against the door, so he wasn't like lurking. The police make all the distinction in the world <laughs> when it comes to those two things. That I will say that is not dissimilar. To something that I could see uh, a certain ex of yours doing. And you know who I'm talking about. And you know that's true. You know that that's a thing that guy would do. Where you'd wake up. Oh, but not but not in the fun where way. Where you did. No, no, no. That, that would be would, in the crazy, I'm no, going to kill you way. That's, or like where you would have that, that, that guy you used to date. You know that you that's the thing where you'd go home from work and he'd be sitting in your living room like stroking a cat. Like yeah. blow filled. Like look at something or like holding like a journal that I'd like written something. And he's like, hey, Hello, Sarah. I, I just, just had an interesting read. I just, uh. I was just taking a walk around the premises, and I found something that was captivating. And then he'd hold up your diary. Oh, yeah. No, I can tell totally you that. And then a gun. Yes. Yeah, that ex- would definitely be in a, in a scary, not sexy All right, way. well, let me just uh, let me read some of the uh, and Instapol here, and then we'll uh, break, and we'll come back with with Tim Riley. Yes. Tim, would you like to weigh in on the... Uh, what? And by the way, police officers clarify, would you like to weigh in on what is apparently a Class A felony in the first degree? <laughs> sure. All right. What is it? Never mind. Don't you worry about it. All right. It's a 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. So we'll do a... What's uh, wrong with my life? 
It sounds ideal. <laughs> Isn't it classy? And there are ninjas in my neighborhood, what's, Tim. What's not ninjas. It's, it sounds like there are ninjas in your life, Sarah. Oh, oh, oh. Have you ruled the possibility that he is, in fact, a he member of be. a secret martial arts sect? He could be a secret ninja. Was he gone a couple weeks ago in the, Thailand for reasons that are unexplained? All right. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. So the question is, so this happened when? About a week ago? This happened uh, last Wednesday night. All right. So there's a guy that you are not dating, but could I say that you are casually, you're seeing him in a sort of, and I don't mean casual like in a, in, a, in, a, in a slatternly way, but I mean you are, you're sort of seeing him in a low-key kind of way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. we, we spend time together, right. enjoy each other's company, but no like labels or anything like that, just hanging out. All right. So this is somebody that you are seeing sort of casually. Uh, he called at 1030. You didn't answer the phone. And so you woke up at like one in the morning and he had broken into your place and was just standing uh, <laughs> looking at you while you slept. Um, so the question is. Hot, crazy, or both? Is that what we're going to say? Or hot, creepy, or both? Hot, creepy, or both? Those yes. are the categories we'll give you. All I don't right, like so, the word creepy, though. Well, you. But I know, but I guess that has to be. You don't like the word cre- creepy. What other word should I use for that? There's, uh, there's really no other. I'm, saying, I'm not saying it's not hot. I think it kind of is. But on the other side of the equation, creepy is really the only word that comes to mind. I, I mean, I guess you could say persistent, but that doesn't really seem to. Persistent is calling you a lot at work. Well, we should start with the email. So I, got, I have a few emails. All right, so... So this one's from Seamus. It says, seriously, it's kind of impressive and creepy of the dude and kind of hot that you find out how, blah, blah, blah. How come you get the sexy home invasion? I just get the guy stealing everything I own. Seriously, he got that guy like $40,000 worth of stuff ripped off from his apartment. Um, This is from Ed. Ed, you think it's hot, or sorry, you think it's hot when guys sneak in and stand over your bed? Do you know how many times I've stood outside your window debating should I, shouldn't I? Awesome. Damn, next time I'm totally breaking in. Hope you like bald fat guys because here I come. Uh, let's see here. Okay, we've uh, these are text messages that have come in at uh, 52051. And then, uh, Greg, uh, if you want to put these calls, because I'm going to read the text, if you want to kind of put these folks on hold, and then we'll, uh, we'll get your uh, Instapol calls here in just one moment. It's 503-228-4101. You simply must answer this question. Uh, the guy uh, breaking in and standing over Sarah, sort of, while she slept, is it hot, creepy, or both? Uh, let's see. Text messages say... Uh, Does Sarah uh, know that Clarissa explains it all was a fictitious TV show? This says, uh, Sarah, that is cute and hot. This one says... Are you marking these down? Yes. Sarah is missing so many red flags. (laughs) This text message says, "Mm, sleeping girl, Mm, sleeping girl. Next text message says, Sarah's new love interest has inspired a new film genre, the rape-mantic comedy. Followed by, uh, I vote restraining order. This text message says, everything about this is creepy. You are in denial. This is not normal. (laughs) This one says, come on, Sarah had to give him some hot, crazy sex after that. Come on. There was no crazy uh, hot sex after that? No, there was not. All right. This one says, uh, so what happens when things don't work out between Sarah and stalker guy? Will breaking into her apartment still be sexy? No, and he didn't have to break in because I had left my window unlocked. So now that window is locked. Really? Yeah. You were asking for no, it. No, I had forgotten about it because I I'd cracked it open. You know, young lady, this wouldn't happen if you were taunting him with your open window and all. Uh, let's see. This says, um, <laughs> that's totally hot in a prison sex kind of way. Next text says, uh, yes, that is burglary in the first degree, class A felony, FYI. Text message says, that's pretty effing weird. How about, this guy's creepy. Does he have a sister? Uh, and let's see. Does this mean Sarah doesn't sleep naked? All right, that, sir, is creepy. Thank you. All right, it's 503 228 503-228-4101. Should we take the calls on the other side? 4101. Uh, well, let's just do, let's do this bank of calls here, and uh, we'll either uh, continue this on the other side or, or not. But uh, we have Tim Riley coming up with the news. Hello, hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Uh, guy breaking into Sarah's apartment and watching her while she sleeps. 
He wasn't watching. He was watching you. <laughs> he was. He tried to wake me up. He wasn't standing there like breathing heavily. Well, he I'm not like, saying he was like hey. licking your cheek or something while you were unconscious. <laughs> no, he gave me my own space. He wasn't like stroking my hair and like kissing me on the forehead. You know, typically like, hey. your apartment with with closed doors and windows is considered your own space. <laughs> uh, so is this hot, creepy, or both? Hello, sir or madam, is the case maybe. I would say that not and very creepy. All right, you'd say it's uh, you would. Are you saying it's hot or did you say it is not? It is. Uh, it is it very. Is, it is. It is not, and it, it, it's it's fairly creepy in a stalker type way. All right, excellent. All right, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All but right. see, this guy isn't aggressive. He doesn't like. We don't talk on the phone all the time. It's not my. You know, he's not always like. What are you doing? Well, they're, they're we, not. We have very separate lives that you know intermingle sometimes. Well, they're not aggressive. It's because you haven't struggled yet. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the, uh, as long as you're going along, there's no need for violence, Sarah. Uh, Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Is it hot, creepy, or both? Uh, am I on or am I listening to a recording? You're on. You're listening to a recording, sir. This is a program from 1941. <laughs> well, um, in other news, button shoes are all the rage and 20 Mule Team Borax gets out stubborn grass stains. <laughs> yes, uh, no, this is it. You're on the air, sir. Is it, uh, is this hot or creepy or both? Um, well, depending on what she looks like and the degree to her relationship and stuff. Um, See, and that's it because I like he... a, a six foot six ninja named Fun Bobby, and um, I think if I wait, hold on a second. First, of, wait, hold on, hold on. This isn't an hold open on. invitation. Hold on. Is your, do you have your radio on in the background? I do. I need to turn that down. Turn it up. Turn it up as loud as it'll go. Oh, okay, cool, man. Yeah, just go go turn that up right now. There you go. All right, great. All right, what were your thoughts? Oh, Christ, I'm listening to myself now. Yeah, all right, you think on that for a while, Rick, friend. see, people don't get your sarcasm sometimes. Well, you know, it's not my... It's not, no, can I just clarify for the not record? not my fault if most of humanity is not too bright. But so. this is somebody I've spent quite a bit of time with. I don't want random people climbing into my windows. This is somebody that I, that I was hanging out with for a few weeks. I think this story is awesome because it prompts you to have to clarify the fact that it you does, don't want everybody of, coming by seriously. and standing there in your bathroom doorway and staring at you yes, while you breathe like, oh, in and out. Free for all. If you see an unlocked window, <laughs> fly on in. Hey, this just in. When Sarah's asleep, it's not a free for all, kids. Just in case you were laboring under that, let should be your new uh, your new uh, Facebook update. But when I'm asleep, it's not a free for all. <laughs> Shouldn't there be a sign? You must be this wide to fit through this window. <clears throat> Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Uh, is it hot, creepy, or both? Hello, hello, hi. Hello. Hi, yes. Is, uh, oh, is, the, right. is the guy breaking into Sarah's apartment hot, creepy, or both? No, this is definitely uh, creepy. And I, I figured that if uh, she wanted anything to do with him there in the middle of the night, he'd probably have a key, you know, or something along those lines. Yeah, hey, definitely. that's a good question, actually. Have you given him a key since this happened? Mm-mm. Well, no, he got, I guess he knows the way in. I guess it's unnecessary. He's, He's got his own. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's a, that's a fair point, sir. You didn't Thanks. proactively give him a way in. All right. Thank you. It's interesting that it's all guys and that the guys are the ones who find it creepy. All right. Well, there you go. All right. Well, let's do this. We're way behind. Uh, we'll take a break. Back after this, kids, Tim Riley at the news desk. It is The Rick Emerson Show. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Ladies and gentlemen, you and your groin, you, you keep listening. On Rock 101, KUFO. All right. This text message just says, I vote for a tasing. You do have the taser, right? I do have a taser. You have a 50,000 volt stun gun. I actually did gun. say that. I'm like, you're lucky I didn't tase you because it was... Uh, Seriously, he is lucky you didn't tase him. Only, I mean, just if you didn't recognize who he was or maybe if you were just not a fan of him breaking I into your place. I think that's why he kept saying his name. He's like, he's like, it's Paul. It's Paul. And I'm like, what? And finally it kind of registered in my head. Well, all right. It is the... Uh, uh, 
Greg is uh, sort of agitating to make his uh, comments known, so we'll, we'll get his uh, we'll get his thoughts on this here. Just few. It's 503-228-4101. We're going to take this opportunity, ladies and gentle persons, to give away a pair of tickets to the U.S. Air Guitar Championships happening June 23rd at Dante's. Tickets on sale now at all Tickets West Outlets. Winners have got to be 21 and over. But uh, other than that, uh, there are no restrictions except this. You must be the 10th caller at 503-228-4101. June 23rd at Dante's. The uh, U.S. Air Guitar Championships are happening. We'll give away a pair of tickets uh, right now. I'll, I'll get a couple more of these uh, text messages here in a moment. I'm just going to read this one. This said, uh, There's two. Text message number one says, um, it says, it's hot if I can be next. Otherwise, it's just super creepy. Um, I'll see that's judgment. Well, and, It's judgmental. <laughs> it's judgmental. But Paul, I mean, honestly, to know his personality, he's not some, like, aggressive, like, you're like, hey, I'm going to do, like, he's he's a really, like, fun, like, lighthearted guy. Like, it is He's childlike. He is. It's not. He just has, like, an innocence about him a little bit that he's not, like, aggressive, like, oh, I'm going to go in there and, you know, shackle you to the bed or something. <laughs> the best part is you describing his, quote, innocence. <laughs> In the context of him committing a felony. Well, I guess he's not so innocent. It's a figurative innocence. This, this just says, it's funny you say the word aggressive, actually. This text message says, you can't really say he's not aggressive when his solution to you not picking up the phone <laughs> is to break into your house. <laughs> At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Two people ended up in a hospital after a drunk driver crosses the road and slams into them. Happened early this morning at Northeast 238th near Gleason in Troutdale. That road is probably still closed due to the investigation. Police are looking for a ninja who tried to rob an East Bank Esplanade office depot. The armed ninja with a knife demanded money, but somebody yelled, emergency, emergency, and the ninja ran out. Empty-handed. Wait a minute. What store was this? Is it the- Office Depot. And it was which location? Uh, this is on MLK. I go to that Office Depot all the time. As I never ninja? see a ninja. That w- Maybe. How do you know no. if it's a ninja? What's a ninja telltale sign? He's They're dressed, dressed like a ninja. ninja. <laughs> yeah. I- Are you sure it wasn't just the ninja moves? I don't think you could. No, because then you're. No, because then you're- then you're just Dirk Diggler doing that thing at the camera. Wow. Wow. No, I mean I'm assuming that means the whole garb. You know, he's got the, uh, you know, he's got the. I don't know what that. It's not a robe, but you know what I mean. It's like like the really tight pajamas, and then the uh, the thing that covers. It's like a snow mask or whatever. I'm a terrible. I I have no idea what that's called. Actually, there I realize now that I'm a terrible student of ninja history. I have no idea what the ninja uh, outfit is uh, is called. Well, in any event, all right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. A Lynn County judge has ruled in favor of a guy accused of trying to sell his girlfriend's baby. Andrew J. McCullum is charged with trying to buy a sell a minor. Here's what happened. Initially, he wanted $60,000 to relinquish the rights to the baby. Didn't want it. It did the girlfriend. But he said a couple came to him and only offered him $1,000 in the truck. Take it or leave it, they said. Well, you, it's, I mean, these are tough economic times. What, I mean, it really is a buyer's market. So he took the deal. Uh, he's been in jail for two months on the baby-selling accusation. But before that, he was behind bars for four months because he violated the terms of probation on theft and contemporary court uh, convictions. But the girlfriend loves him, but they didn't want the baby. No. So apparently there's nothing wrong with selling an unborn baby. Apparently the uh, the baby would so, ruin the blissful happiness uh, that they were experiencing together. So that's part of the new economy. Jesus. Uh, so I told you we get to these uh, a little bit earlier. There are a whole bunch of crackpots outside the Ed Sullivan Theater still protesting David Letterman. These are unreal. Have you, sir, oh, no, have you heard, heard any of these? Any of them. Nope. They're going to love them. These are I actually Yay. did something I, I don't typically do. I actually double-checked. I went to a separate news source this morning, mm-hmm. 
and made sure that these were real only because I could not believe these were actual people. I mean, I guess it shouldn't surprise me. They're I, actually real. I mean, because the folks, in, if these are the soundbites I'm thinking of, they're just like, they're like uh, slightly younger non-Mormon versions of my in-laws. And here's what I mean by that. I mean, that, for example, uh, like I was, long story short, my wife had never heard of Larry the Cable Guy, and I envy uh, and was she that. Poor about for that? Seriously, I mean, I, just, I, I was so, I almost hated to take the innocence from her in that way, because I made a reference to Larry the Cable Guy, and she goes, well, who's that? And so, you know, he's this rube, you know, this whatever, and she'd never heard it, who he was. And so I went on YouTube, and it was just agony, actively searching out Larry the Cable Guy clips to play for her. And And she said, she said, oh, my God, you know, I'd never seen this guy. This is awful. And I said, yes. And and, uh, and I said, it's the kind of thing that your parents would be into if they weren't Mormon because, he's, you know, he's kind of crude. Um, so if they were not Mormon, if they had no problem with just being a little vile, they would be these protesters. So these are real people, and yeah. they're protesting in front of the Ed Sullivan Theater because of this insane David Letterman Sarah thing, Palin which is thing. really just this, this very mild joke okay. that he made. Right. Number one. Keep children safe from David Letterman's mouth. He will rape them with his mouth. Okay. What? That's why the protracted That's setup. One. That's why I was taking so long to get to this. Because I have to underscore how tame this joke was that he told. As compared to what's coming out of these <laughs> weeks ago. Holy God. So his joke, it was, I mean, I'll paraphrase it kind of badly, but his joke was top ten things, something, something Sarah Palin's going to do while she's in New York. And the, 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 like, number five was, like, you know, daughter gets knocked up by Alex, Alex Rodriguez, which is really more of a joke about Sarah Palin's unique approach to family planning. Um, and Alex Rodriguez. ways. <laughs> and the fertility of Alaskan Stim. And the fact that Alex, Alex Rodriguez is, uh, is known to be a bit of a player in that way. He uh, apparently engages. I'm not saying he does anything with, you know, like underage chicks. But, I mean, he's, but he's known to be, you know, he's a bit of a, yes. a Lothario. Slut. I mean, what? Lothario. Right. So so the joke is very tame as opposed to these protesters. How dare he when he has a bastard son and a slut for a wife? He is a verbal pedophile. How awesome are these? Oh, my God. How do you feel about Jay Leno? I don't watch. I only watch Fox News Channel. So great. They pretty much speak for themselves. <laughs> I mean, it's. Yeah, I was just going to say, there's no, what glib witticism could I use after those that would possibly live up to it? There's nothing. Can we listen to all of those again? All right. Keep children safe from David Letterman's mouth. Wait for it. He will rape them with his mouth. How dare he when he has a bastard son and a slut for a wife? He is a verbal pedophile. How do you feel about Jay Leno? I don't watch, I only watch Fox News Channel. This is the best thing I've ever heard. I want to make. I'm going to put all of those in a loop I and make, those my make ring a ringtone. That's yes. exactly. Oh, I, he you know, is a verbal pedophile. Think about what was the the second. Keep children safe from David Letterman's mouth. The second part of this. He will rape them with his mouth. I'm going to make that the new positioning statement for the Rick Emerson show. Wait, you're going to rape people? How oh, dare he? Make, that a, a make a one sheet. And a slut for a wife. I might not use that part. Yeah. Um, I have no children. Uh, the, you know, so, it, I mean, part of me wants to know 
like what those people look like, these protesters that are saying those things. But then part of me doesn't want to know because I feel like I could never live up to the image I have in my head. I want to know what the slut for a wife woman looks like. like, Oh, you know, she's like, you know, she's a cow. You know, she's a freaking manatee. I mean, that's I mean, that's just a given. Right. I mean, she's uh, I mean, mean, she probably has small moons circling her. I I mean, that's just a uh, I would imagine the woman who says. Bastard son of a slut for a wife. <laughs> Which, I mean, look, and I'm not advocating this, you understand. Are we all understanding I'm not advocating Yes, we're this? understanding. But, right. I mean, could anybody really begrudge David Letterman at this point if he just went down there with a bat and just went to work on those people? I mean, he apologized. He apologized again. He apologized, wait for it, a third time. So now that it has escalated this level, I think David Letterman has done, he's done all the work that needs doing on his side of the table. If he just decided it was time to go uh, do a little street sweeping, I don't really know that anybody would uh, would blame him too much for that. Can we just uh, play play a couple of those just uh, again? Right. These are news cuts, by the way, that we are uh, playing. Keep children safe from David Letterman's mouth. He will rape them with his mouth. How dare he? When he has a bastard son and a slut for a wife, he is a verbal pedophile. I think the the slut for a wife slut one is the best. Slut for a wife is my favorite. That's the and a slut for a wife. Of all of them, that's the one that I think. Uh, How dare he? No, no, I mean, right. <laughs> Why don't we just play this for the rest of the day? I mean, that's a 50 share right there. Like, if you were flipping by a radio station and you just heard it, and a slut for a wife, you'd stop to see, to yeah. see what that was all about. Smells like the 90s. Let's play them sturdy. One more time. Keep children safe from David Letterman's This is not about smells like the he 90s. He will rape them with his mouth. Not, not. How dare he? When he has a bastard son <laughs> and a slut for a wife, he is a verbal pedophile. Awesome. I love this country. I really do. Just just want to hold this country to my bosom and squeeze it with both arms. Uh, it is the uh, Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley, including a Darwin watch, ladies and gentlemen. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Rock 101 KUFO. Phone number is 503-228-4101. Join us uh, tomorrow when I guess we'll include Aaron Duran of geekinthecity.com. Uh, this guy says, uh, this is from the uh, text messaging. It's 52051. 52051. Oh, by the way, if you text us, I just noticed this. If you text during our program, Apparently, something is returned to you that says, Greetings, it's Rick. Thanks for texting. <laughs> THX space four space T-E-X-T-I-N. So, uh, there you go. That's uh, Apparently, that is, uh, that's how I type and talk now. Are you serious? So, if I write, does it say, like, if I respond to somebody, I, does it say THNX? I don't know. I think, I, I wonder if they just get that automatically or something. Apparently, I respond. Have we subcontracted some... Folks, to return these, it was a series of sound mind. Oompa Loompas in the basement who were just <laughs> busy mangling the English language on my behalf. Thanks so much. <laughs> no, yeah, I, no, thanks. I heard from <laughs> Keith, thanks, bye. Yeah, I heard from that Rick Emerson guy. He can't spell at all. It's astounding they gave him a radio oh, show. How scary is that your name's on that? And you that's, didn't write it. that's great. That's wonderful. I wonder how many of hundreds of those went in out. Thousands, probably. <laughs> 
All right, this just in, local radio host has only tenuous grasp of verbal skills. Anyway, so I'm looking at the texts, uh, and this one says, about that slut for a wife thing, that woman sounds just like Kyle's mom from South Park, Kyle or, or uh, Sheila Broflovsky. Where she goes, the Canadians with their beady eyes and their flappy heads. Slut for a wife. Do we know for a fact that David Letterman's wife is a slut? I mean, is it possible that that woman's Should correct? I, I don't think she's ever been asked. Should he research her sluttiness? I mean, it's just, I mean, she's I, never I, talked about. I don't neither, want, neither is Leno's wife. I don't want to have contempt prior to investigation. I mean, it's entirely possible that that's, uh, that, that, that that's the case. I don't think it probably is, but it's, uh, it's possible. All right, Tim Riley, what uh, uh, stories are we working on on this uh, uh, Thursday morning? A Salem man nearly blows his hand off making homemade fireworks. Nearly or does? Nearly. There's always next year. Mm. A Canadian woman fights off a cougar attacking her child. A man is accused of posing as his dead mother for six years to collect benefits. And he pulls it off for six years. Was his mother mother a handsome but slightly mannish-looking woman? Posing as your mom for six years would be difficult, I would think. Uh And you have an accomplice. (laughs) I mean, it, uh, did they take turns posing as the mom? No, just him. This wasn't in person, though. Was this, this like yeah. online? I, I'm not sure if it was on person or. Was online. it a lot of Mrs. Doubtfire just looking around the door? I, I can't come out. I'm, I'm, I don't have any. Sometimes you just can't tell. Yeah. In certain true. neighborhoods, actually, that's a that is a totally fair point. I suppose if they were in maybe in uh, some of the more um, uh, colorful areas of uh, looking people. <laughs> See, and I was just going to be polite. I was just going to say <laughs> clackamas. neutral. I wasn't even, I wasn't even going to use that. I was j- just going to point out if they were maybe like on ninety seconds or something. I mean, you don't know until they go, you know, in the room with a guy on the plaque wearing uh, long pants and the one wearing a dress on the door. Talking about what? restrooms. Oh, all right. yeah. I, I thought you were like at the doctor's office or something, and there was uh, some sort of sorting pants that was and dresses. like a sorting hat, but with your. Genitals. No. Uh, let's quit talking. Uh, let's welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan uh, Don't F With Me Reynolds. Hello, Susan Reynolds. Uh, good morning. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. Um, but you know what? I heard you talking about the text message that gets sent to the listeners who text in during yes. your show. Yes. And, um, and, and believe me, we understand that you, of all people, are a, a master of the English language. <laughs> However, um, in, in texting, as you know, uh, brevity is the key. And, um, and so we were told by the people that trained us on this that we have to use text speak. Really? Did they actually tell you? Is, is there a list of, uh, of approved texting, uh, <laughs> texting ruffles that I should be working into my responses? <laughs> OMG, Rick. What if I just um, take okay? What if I just take out every third letter uh, or something? How about this? What if I do this? What if I just create my own texting acronyms that stand for nothing, and then when they ask me what they stand for, I'll just roll my eyes and go, "Come on, so out of touch," and then just kind of go about my business. Okay, if you would like to do that, that I will. I will help you work through it. All right. Hey, what's an acronym we should come up with? Anybody? Oh. Hold on, let's see. It's too much thinking. Hold on. Can't respond now. Looking for pants and handgun. Uh, so be uh, C-R-N-L-F-P-A-H. And then if the guy presses me on it, I'll just be like, oh, come on. Don't you pay attention to your own culture? Yeah, well, well we, could, we could publish our own glossary of terms. All right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll look into it. Hey, did you hear the, uh, the thing about, uh, about the, uh, um, the David Letterman cuts that we were just playing? Yes, in fact, I was just going to make some reference about a slut wife, and then I thought better of it because I know Laura, and she is not a slut. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure that she appreciates this clarification. <laughs> awesome. All right, thank you, Susan Reynolds. All right, bye. There you go, so Susan I'm looking at the Reynolds. message that it sends back to you. It says, greetings, it's Rick, THX, 
And the number four, texting me. Yeah. No, no, not texting. Not even texting with an apostrophe. How are children supposed to learn to write? Uh, I, I don't That is hilarious. I'm so glad it's your name on there. And that's right. R-I-T-E, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Uh, this says, what do you mean uh, coming into Sarah's window is, uh, is crazy? I should probably get out of her closet then. <laughs> and then he puts JK, which means... Um, now I'm kind of nervous. Just killing. Uh, what? What? Huh? Rick. What? Stop it. Look over there. Hey, Greg, how are you? I'm doing great. All right. Uh, I know that you wanted to uh, the weigh in on this business. Of, so if you missed this, this is the, the, the little backstory for, for those who uh, for those who came in late, as they say. And, you know, Sarah, I was using this. Um, I was using Bob Ralston. Do you know this song? I don't think so. Tim will know this. It's kind of weird. I want to marry a girl. Just like dear old mom. Well, more or less. It's, I want a girl just like the girl that married dear old dad. Oh, I was close. Uh, also known as the Shia LaBeouf. That's what I was just thinking. Song. Bada bing. But, you know, but I really think that it's more appropriate if we just, we'll use this instead. This, you, this makes a lot more sense. I almost swore right now. I just had to censor myself. Awesome. You are a jerk. All right. So if you, if, if you came in late here, the deal is that Sarah has been sort of casually seeing, seeing in a low-key sense, not officially dating and not exclusive in any way, is sort of seeing in a casual way this uh, gentleman caller, who we will just refer to as Paul. And so, about a week ago, he calls around 10, 10.30 at night, but Sarah had already gone to bed because we're early risers and so forth. Uh, he calls at 10.30, she doesn't answer the phone, so she wakes up around 1 a.m. and he has... 1.40, I remember. Wakes up at 1.40... And uh, he has broken into her house via a window and is standing near her bed watching her sleep. So he's not a gentleman caller. He's a gentleman climber. Ex- <laughs> exactly, Tim. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? Uh, yes, absolutely. That is creepy. That That is creepy. You're an creepy. old married guy. You don't know. An you. old married guy. So I wouldn't know what it, what that has to do with it. No, no. Have you climbed in anyone's window before? I haven't, although I've experienced it on the opposite side of that. Really? Okay. Yes. Oh, do tell. Um, although... I didn't know it at the time. So what happened was I, uh, I lived in this apartment complex by myself. I had my own apartment for a while. Uh, I moved out. About three months later, I ran into the, the girl who lived next door to me. And she told me how she was at the bar and she was completely intoxicated. And she told me how she used to sneak into my apartment and stand there and think about waking me up and then not do it. <laughs> That's oh, so effing God. creepy. Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> Although... I can kind of see where you're coming from with the hot thing because she was pretty hot. So I guess at the time, if she had woken me up, that would have been okay. But the fact that she didn't, that just that makes she it was... so... Yeah, that she was in my No, but room. it's like, is she shaking it's... you awake or is she shaking you... Is she, or is she like pointing you awake with the edge of a knife? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it was really terrifying when I heard that. That is I think so... I would have been... See, that's even worse to me, the yeah. fact that she used to go... So wait a minute. So while you were asleep, she would come in and stand there and think about, you and know... she told you this? And, and then she later, told... Yeah. I never really do it. And you know, here's mm-hmm. the thing. Th- that is creepy. That is creepy. By I... far. Yeah. That you, that you win with that because... That indicates like deeper levels of crazy because first of all, why wouldn't you just do it? Like if you wanted to, you know, like you're gonna come over, wake up some guy you're dating or sort of or whatever. Why wouldn't you just come and wake him up? And the fact that she didn't indicates that there's a little struggle inside her head, oh. and the various voices are all shouting for authority in there. Yeah, well, I mean, and then the fact that you know she'd clean up and she'd like, well, not clean up, but she'd close everything back up, lock it all back up, and then leave. How? And she was using, laughing about this while she was telling me, too. Bleaching the floors. Like, oh, and, you know, I used to, you know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Checking everything with luminol on the, on the way out the door. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. The, you know, the Manson family used to do that. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm not lying. Really? The, the, the Manson family, here's a creepy story. This will, You're doing that thing. I know. You're nervously playing with your hair. I know. Are you feeling uneasy? 
No. Not for him. Now I'm just kind of nervous at life. That Michael C. Hall is going to be sitting on your couch when you go home. Um, And I really want to take a nap, but I don't know if I'm going to sleep. (laughs) You'll never sleep again. You could glue broken glass to your windowsill. Maybe we can get a handgun sponsor on the show, Sarah. No, 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 I don't want to. Maybe there's a martial arts academy that would like to advertise with us. And you know what? The last, you know, the the breaking in, I think, went really well, so I don't want to accidentally shoot Paul. No. No, you don't. Anyway. What? So it, my only obs- my only observation is going to be uh, no the Manson family th- this will I don't care who you are or where you live this will keep you awake at night so that when you go to sleep uh, this evening as it's you know whatever your bedtime is I think it's nine or ten or midnight whenever you try to drift off to sleep I want you to ponder uh, this unnerving but completely true story about the Manson family and this is before all the killing and the hey hey and the swastika on my face. Um, Back in, like, I don't know, like, 66, 67, when uh, Charles Manson and all of the incredibly hot Manson girls were sort of just sort of hanging around together, and they were, you know, bumming around and just being uh, stinking hippies. They used to do this thing called creepy crawling. And the creepy crawling was this. They would, shades of uh, Greg Nibbler's uh, ex-girlfriend, they would break into your house, but really silently in the middle of the night... So you'd be asleep, Manson family, they jimmy a window or they, you know, get the door open or whatever. They would come inside, and their whole deal was just to ever so slightly rearrange your furniture. <laughs> Put every, But everything would be neat, nothing would be, like, knocked over, nothing would be... In other words, it wouldn't look messy at all. But it's like if the chair was on the left side of the room and the couch is on the right, they would just swap it. And then they would just lock everything up again on the way out so there was no sign that anybody had ever been in there. And that was their deal, is just to go in, and it was like, a, my penguin always faces due south, Paul. It was, it was very much like where they would just reorganize things enough that you would notice that somebody had moved your furniture around in the middle of the night, and they wouldn't steal anything. And that was the creepy part about it. So, And then also the, uh, you know, the killing <laughs> the and killing. the rise, piggy rise. No big deal. That's also uh, disturbing in a different, different way. All right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KFO. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we have uh, tickets to the Air Guitar Championship. That's going to be happening at Dante's June 23rd. We're going to be giving those away in just a few. So don't call yet, but that's going to be in uh, about within 10 minutes or so. Tim Riley is straight ahead with more of your news, including a Darwin watch. This is one of the greatest bands in the history of all creation. It's ACDC. Broadcasting in standard definition. If you don't have a place where you can hold these people, your only other options to kill them. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. By the way, I don't care who you are or where you live, the odds are about one in five that when you sleep at night, Dick Cheney is looking in your window. Licking the end of a knife and then his lips. It is Rock 101 KUFO. It's a Rick Emerson radio show. Uh, we do our uh, second pair of tickets to the U.S. Air Guitar Championships right now. Caller 10 at 503-228-4101. Caller 10 at 503-228-4101. June 23rd at Dante's. Tickets on sale now at all Tickets West Outlets. Winner's got to be 21 and over. Pair of tickets to the U.S. Air Guitar Championships at Dante's. 503-228-4101 if you are the 10th caller. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. 829, good morning. Going to be partly sunny today. Highs in the upper 70s. Breaking news now. 
A Continental Airlines flight is about to make an emergency landing in New Jersey after the pilot died during the flight. Oh, How would you like to be aboard this? Do not want. And this jet was flying from Brussels. So we don't know what the time span was between Brussels and here when the pilot died. But it's going to land uh, any moment now in New Jersey. Here is the spokesman for the, for the FAA. Aboard Continental 61, uh, Boeing 777, uh, that the captain passed away sometime during the flight. And the first officer took over the controls. Would that be the stewardess? I, uh, that's freaky. Usually they, they have to have a co-pilot. Well, yeah, they, I mean, well, these are trying times, though. Everybody's doing more with less now. Who knows? He's probably serving peanuts. <laughs> Just picturing that inflatable, like, auto thing from an airplane. Good God. So, wait, it was from Brussels to where it was fine. Where was the intended destination? We don't know that. But it landed in New Jersey? It, it has not landed there yet. Oh, wait, but I mean, but it's, it, but it it's en route. been diverted to New Jersey. To. Uh, let's see if I have anything more here. Uh, let's see. The jet from Brussels was due to land soon at Newark Liberty International. There's no word on how the pilot died. Wow. Uh, the jet is Boeing 777. He mentioned it's possible the passengers on board don't know what happened. Is that possible? See, that was uh, that was going to be my next question, Tim. I was going to. Can't somebody have their Twitter on or something? See, so th- okay. Does it say when in the flight this happened? Brussels in Belgium, right? Right. So they had to go to the ocean. Uh, so I, it, I mean, imagine if it happened over the ocean. Oh. I mean, that's a long way. Oh. Let's all imagine that now. Yeah. All right. Shake it off. Because um, usually you go the path. Uh, you always hear them say they're over Greenland, and then the next place they can land in an emergency is usually Bangor, Maine. That's so unnerving. So I'm I'm. Thinking about this right now, so your point of whether the passengers knew, I was just wondering that. And so we know, which means that the which means that the airline radioed down to the ground and they said, "Look, this guy's dead. Uh, we have a co-pilot. We're gonna we have to land somewhere soon." They, I mean, it either leaked to the media or they, I mean, they must, or if they actively told the press about it. But you got to imagine that the people on the plane, in other words, the 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 people flying the plane now, the co-pilot or the navigator, whoever it is. They're not going to tell the passengers because they don't want everybody to freak out. Right. It's not known what caused the pilot to become ill or how he died. Uh, No word yet on how many passengers on board. Officials say there are two first officers on the flight and a reserve crew as well. One of the first officers is piloting the plane. And it says here on the the CBS News site out of uh, WCBS in New York, uh, the pilot's captain died mid-flight this morning. (laughs) That's just so unnerving. So it's it's supposed to land in Newark at noon, which is 9 o'clock our time, so in about 28 minutes. And so you would figure that they're not going to tell anybody on the plane, but it stands to reason that as soon as the press knows, mm-hmm. everybody is going to call or text anybody they know that's on the plane. Which, mm-hmm. to be fair, let, and let's just let's quell the, the panic right now. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's going to be much of an issue in terms of landing, because there's more than one guy that can fly the plane, and that's why they got a co-pilot and whatever. So... Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm not trying to make light of the fact that the guy died, but it's not like the plane has no pilot or something, or it's like it lost its wings or whatever. But they probably don't want to freak everybody out by telling them, hey, the pilot's dead. So, but everybody will call their relatives who are on the plane, which then prompts the question, like, how can you get cell service if you're that far up? Like, I, I've never really had that question adequately answered. Uh, like, when you can get cell service on a plane and when you can't. Because there's got to be some height, you know, some altitude at which you can no longer get a phone signal, I would imagine. I mean, it stands to reason. But I don't really know how phone signals operate either. I mean, they just come with those cell towers, but I mean, they'll go straight up or I don't know how they work. So, And they, they still have those 
planes and some of the older aircraft behind the seats, don't they? Oh, that's right. It's like the AT&T Sky Mile, oh, yeah. or not Sky Mile, Sky Calls, or whatever that whatever that's called. Jesus. Yeah, All right. Let's see if I can find anything else. Um, there's no report of the departure city or flight number. Okay, we already have that information. So CBS is ahead of the curve on this one. So at some point, the pilot died mid-flight. And he, they were supposed to land at Newark anyway. And so this is, uh, yes, okay. Oh, so it's not being diverted to New Jersey. No. It was already headed for they, New Jersey. It was heading to New Jersey. Do we know what the estimated time of, uh, of arrival nine is? O'clock. All right. So you get about nine 25 o'clock minutes. Our time? Yeah, All 9 right. o'clock our time. Okay. Uh, by the way, I just I would right now, if you listen really closely, you can hear the sound of someone sad alone in their home office in Kansas photoshopping a picture of the plane, and they're going to put little angels outside mm. of it all along the wings. And yeah. then the pilot's face, the deceased pilot, his face beaming down Is from a cloud. Re- no, no, no. He'll be looking down like Dale Earnhardt from a cloud with Jesus, uh, sunlight streaming onto the plane, as then the ghostly, opaque hand of God is placing the plane gently on the ground. No, no, no. I see him in New I, Jersey. I see his face being replaced, uh, replacing that Alaskan Air guy on the tail. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. We come back. Tim Riley has more news for you. Stay there. This is Blink 182. This is the Rick Emerson Show. Not only is a killer, he was trolling for homosexuality online. Listen online, live, or via podcast at KUFO.com. It is the Rick Emerson Show, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's 503 228 for 101, we're moments away from Tim Riley at the uh, news desk. Uh, I will uh, take this opportunity to remind you that tomorrow, 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 which is Friday, tomorrow at 9 a.m., you're going to be able to go to KUFO.com starting tomorrow at Friday, 9 a.m. You're going to be able to get half-off certificates available for the agency Ultra Sports Lounge, which is at 19th and Morrison in Southwest, which is a great place. And if you haven't gone there, you really, uh, as Kurt Loder used to say, uh, do try to catch it. You really ought to go. Uh, it's a great place. It is the uh, official pregame restaurant for the Portland Beavers and Timbers. And you walk in, and you're going to notice uh, two things right away. Huge variety in the menu. I mean, lots of food, everything from uh, you know, there's the healthy choices and garden burgers and international stuff. And then all of the regular favorites you would expect at a sports bar type place. You've got the regular burgers. You've got wings. And there's just a massive selection of A, electronics, and B, Sports stuff there, and not just sports stuff that is like airing uh, tonight, but you can watch games that were on yesterday. You can watch games that were on last year because they keep a huge digital archive. A sporting event, and there's just TVs everywhere. I mean, everywhere you turn, there's a television, and not just sports. There's Internet, there's Wii, there's Xbox, all of that stuff. And it's a great place. You really ought to check it out. 19th and Morrison in Southwest, right by PGE Park. And as of tomorrow... You'll be able to get a half-off certificate for that at KUFO.com. Half-off certificates for the agency available at KUFO.com tomorrow, 9 a.m. You just uh, click the half-off banner. At the moment, though, we're going to give you a little uh, free taste of that if you are caller 10. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. You get a a half-off certificate for the agency Ultra Sport Lounge. At the news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 842. It's going to be in the upper 70s today under partly sunny skies. All kinds of bad things happening in the air. We understand a hot air balloon has just made an emergency landing in the Beaverton area. That's all we know about that at the moment. Once again, a hot air balloon has made an emergency landing in the Beaverton area. 
Then, a Continental Airlines flight will make an emergency landing in moments in New Jersey after the pilot died during the flight. An FAA spokesman said the jet from Brussels is due to land at Newark Liberty International. They right now are about 25 or 30 minutes out from Newark. There will be other people assisting in the flight. Pilots uh, fly in what they call a deadhead status or a uh, you know non-revenue status. So it's entirely possible that there may have been other pilots on board who have uh, who are helping with the controls. Let's hope so. Oh man, that's creepy when they say that because that's like a full-on Ted Striker mm-hmm. uh, thing. Where just um, is there anybody who knows how to fly a plane? Jesus. So the passengers on this plane may not know that their pilot is dead. They would only say something in the event they were were making an emergency landing or diverting to another destination. So once again, that will land in moments. Let's see if I have another update here. Uh, the pilot died of natural causes. How they determined that, I don't know. Uh, it seems unlikely. That they determined it's not freak everybody out even more. So <laughs> apparently they moved the dead pilot and put the relief pilot in his place. The jet is a Boeing 777, 247 passengers aboard. Oh, God. And, I mean, I I, I apologize for creeping everybody out, but, I mean, what are you going to do? Is this a breaking story? It's a big deal. Dead pilot. And I I got one of two ways I can go, so I will go both ways, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah. The um, one is, I mean, when you say the, the, the pilot passed away and he's there, so you, I hate to be referring to the movie Airplane for everything, but there's that sequence where I think they're trying to get, like, you know, the, what's his name? Peter Graves has died, and they're trying to get him, like, to the back. And they're telling everybody, like, will you please look out your window at the Grand Canyon? Look out now. Please look out your window right now. And they're just, like, trying to hustle his body down the middle of the aisle. But, I mean, they probably can't do that. So here's a creepy thought you can take with you for the rest of the day. So, you know, the other guys who are flying the plane and landing it. So maybe there's a nun playing a guitar? Are this? Yes, Tim. Traveling the banks of the River of Jordan uh, to find where it meets with the sea. What I was going to say is uh, that with the guys who are landing the plane right now, they're having to sit right next to the dead guy, which is creepy because you can't, I mean, again, you can't look, go stick him in the closet or something. It's not like you can, you know, I'm sorry, the lavatory is going to be occupied forever and just put the pilot in there because you can, because it, on the off chance that people on the plane don't know that the guy's dead, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't bring that fact, that fact to their attention. So it's like he's dead in the, in the chair and then the, pi- the co-pilot is just having to sit there next to the dead guy having to fly the plane. So that's going to be a uniquely unnerving experience. Well, they're probably trained for this. Well, I would imagine so. I mean, I, I'm, I have no doubt that everything is going to work out safely in the end. It's just it's just weird because you don't think of pilots as being 14 minutes to go. You don't think of pilots as being uh, just regular, ordinary guys. I mean, you, you sort of like... You don't really think of them at all. Pilots are sort of like teachers. You know, they're just, you know, or a nun or something. They're just, they're just these they're just people. Yeah, they're just, you know, what pilots are a job, not a person to you most of the time. Uh, you know, in the sense that you, you only know them via whatever it is they are doing. And so you don't really think about the fact that the guy has like a bum heart or, you know, whatever. Jesus. All right. Mm-hmm. An explosive device nearly blows the Salem's man, uh, Salem man's hands off. Apparently he's trying to make fireworks. Not really a bomb. Neighbors describe him as a good guy, but he didn't learn when he blew part of his thumb off several years ago, but it was more serious. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Time. So this is so this is the second time he's done it? Yes. Awesome. Now I'm getting word that a passenger is helping to fly that plane. Oh, God. Are you making are you this kidding? up? Are you effing with me? Hang on a minute. Let me refresh my screen here. Oh, for the love oh, of God. That is oh, no, it's, that's okay, not right. Stop playing the Blood Rock now. I'm turning that off. Yes. Yeah, the, the, uh, 
Uh-oh. Oh, God. Okay, it says the co-pilot took control of the plane along with a passenger who is a pilot. So one of the passengers is a pilot. Passengers are reportedly not in any danger. Reportedly not. Uh, the number of people on the plane has not yet been released, but we know it's 200-something. So they had a co-pilot along with a passenger who is a pilot. And it said... This headline from My Fox New York says the passenger is helping to fly the Continental Flight Number 61, which is due to touch down in 13 minutes well, in now, New Jersey. Now you were just saying that, uh, that what sometimes is the case though is that there's um, there's that thing they they call deadheading, which is where uh, you and are an employee gets a free seat. Yeah, where it's and I think that what's her name makes reference to it in Almost Famous, his sister, mm-hmm. uh, where she talks about you know we'll just deadhead back, you know, meaning yeah, just like hey, you're going back anyway. Can I catch a ride back to New York with you or whatever? Because mm-hmm. you work for the airline. So maybe when you say it's a passenger helping to land the plane, maybe it is a pilot who is off the clock. That is correct. And yes. was catching a flight back. Mm-hmm. So. Which is, I suppose, several yards ahead of, uh, you know, just trying to, like, trolling the right. aisles, trying to find some guy who, you know, who, who knows how to fly. Right. Somebody could have made the announcement, is anyone a pilot in here? That seems probably like what they didn't that do. That seems like that, that, that might freak <laughs> people out a little bit. Very that, much that, like an that, announcement that, that would unnerve that, people. The Port Authority said the co-pilot took control of the plane along with the passenger who is a pilot. Yeah, see, so I, I'm, I'm betting that is a pilot for the, air, for the airline. Yes. You know, he was somebody who was already there. Yeah, I could let some random person without a background check be like, Hey, let me help you fly the plane. No, you, what you don't want to do, Sarah, is give uh, random people without background checks uh, access over your personal safety. That would be uh, that would be unlike you. Hey, this email says, being caller five is unacceptable. I will break into all of your homes. Best show ever. Well, I sleep on the third floor. Good luck. <laughs> uh, he'll have to break into a stepladder store first. Here's Tim Riley. So uh, lots of sick celebrities. Hillary Clinton fractured her elbow when she fell down. Jane Fonda's getting a new knee. And Margaret Thatcher is getting a screw put in her arm. Margaret Thatcher seems like a person who will she's inevitably... She's the point where she, she, they're not even going to give her anything for it. Lady, we're going to put a screw in your arm. Sit there and take it. Well, see, I figured that they would just sort of... <laughs> I always say that and they never do. Um, I, it seems like at this point they're just going to give her a cyborg body, like Richard Nixon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just sort of, you know, Thatcher's back. Uh, we teased the Darwin watch, so we should do that. Do you have that Darwin watch? Yes, I do. All right, so we'll end things on and up. I mean, you know, depending on who you are. Uh, here is your Darwin watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Show. about to go down. Don't, don't, don't. I ate all my caps. Don't, don't, don't. My parents won't let me use scissors. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone, and another one gone, another one bites the dust. Oh, my heart just stopped. Ah, there it goes. All right, here's your Darwin watch for Thursday. Car surfing is suspected in a Fairbanks, Alaska man's death. 34-year-old Fairbanks man found dead along a rural road. He'd been car surfing in the hood of a speeding truck. A woman in the truck told Alaska State Troopers uh, that this fellow named Roman... Uh, said he wanted to go surfing and climbed out of the truck as it continued to move. The woman was left to struggle getting control of the truck. Apparently he was driving it, and he decided he was just going to take off. <laughs> the woman is considered a witness, I guess. The truck is moving 60 or 70 miles an hour. The woman said uh, <laughs> she told the man's family she lost him along a road. <laughs> I lost him somewhere. <laughs> she went back looking for him, but she couldn't find him. The woman told uh, troopers uh, she had not been drinking alcohol, but uh, the victim had been. 
<laughs> the, the death was Didn't not you entirely... have a guy with you earlier? I lost him somewhere. I, uh, I have to go back and look. The death was not uh, entirely unexpected. That was Roman, said people who knew him. Oh, he, was, <laughs> he was a daredevil <laughs> of the family. That's that. Oh, that kooky Roman. That darn He's Roman. Six foot one, 210 pounds. He took advantage of the situation to perform daring feats, including riding on the hoods of cars. It's not the first time. He likes to gamble with life, that Roman, said his friend Ruth. <laughs> Finally come up crap. I knew when he was uh, flying off the hood, he didn't think he would die. He was just thinking, I'm just going to be hurt. <laughs> well, he was partially right. <laughs> At least he was happy in the end. Uh, okay. Well, there's your Darwin watch. That Another one I've lost him. Oh, wait, there he is. And there. And over there. It's good to laugh. It feels good to laugh. Yes, it does. Uh, well, let's do a final uh, uh, update here. Do we have um, anything uh, else? If you're just joining us, there's a plane uh, where the uh, the pilot has passed away, Tim, and they're, as you said, they're, they're landing with a co-pilot and, um, and someone else. Yes. So we got a, a Continental Airlines flight. So we have about eight minutes to go here. Before the Continental Airlines flight, we'll make an emergency landing in New Jersey after the pilot died during the flight. He was coming from Belgium. Uh, let's see. The uh, pilots are medically monitored to ensure this won't happen. Well, apparently it failed this time. The uh, guy died in the middle of the flight. The jet from Brussels is due to land soon at Newark Liberty International. There's no word on how the pilot died. So it's possible that the passengers on board don't know what happened, but we don't know that to be a fact. I'm sure we're going to find out later. Well, especially as they get closer to, uh... Landing altitude. In other words, you know, the closer they get to the ground, the more your cell service. And you know, and you know, nobody pays attention to that thing. You know, that says. I mean, if they don't know anything's amiss, then they're definitely turning their cell phones on because you know you want to check your messages and see what you what you missed. And so they're going to be getting like a thousand texts, mm-hmm. and it's going to be like, "Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, pilot is dead." Uh, and, and, I mean, that's just is there an abbreviation for that. No, there's. Well, we've been looking for our own proprietary yeah, acronym, Tim. <laughs> Pilot has passed away. Please now cross yourself. So the airport is now covered in fog and it's raining. And it's supposed to arrive in seven minutes. That's seven minutes. The port authority said the co-pilot took control of, of the plane along with a passenger who is a pilot. And this says, uh, for the plane thing, this text message uh, at 52051 says, for the plane thing, to find the pilot, they probably just checked uh, the flight itinerary sheet. Um, and that okay, that's actually a good point because they have an itinerary. Even if you're just an employee who's hitching a ride, uh, you know you're gonna. Um, so I'm looking at a picture of fog and the tail of a plane. So which doesn't make anybody feel very good. No, and I was actually gonna say so. It it sounds, and I know you're not, but it, it almost sounded like you were uh, unveiling these new facets of the story deliberately to freak me out. Because first, pilot dead. Secondly, had to fly back over the ocean. Thirdly, passenger having to land the plane. Fourth. It's raining and the airport is surrounded in fog. I mean, and that's, and which makes uh, landing difficult under the best of circumstances, I would imagine. So we are now how long away from the... Uh, Six minutes. So um, what we'll uh, do is we're going to sort of bring the, the curtain down here. We're going to hand this over uh, to Buzz. But as the plane lands, we'll give you, uh, we'll give you an update. Uh, so Tim uh, will uh, we'll update you as that, uh, as that situation is resolved. So that should be here in just a few minutes. Uh, coming up next, it is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. We want to thank Steve Kastenbaum, also Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Aaron Duran. 
of geekinthecity.com. Uh, Rick Emerson, Joe, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler, the uh, 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 gatekeeper's Dave's in at the front desk. Webmistress Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Don't F with Me Reynolds. Executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. My name is Rick Emerson. Thank you for listening. Be safe. It is Thursday, June 18th, 2009, and that is the frequency. Kenneth, see you all tomorrow. Watch out for snakes. Bye. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.